0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 201 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? Long time no hear or see or what
1: have you. I know. We shouldn't be able to take like a break. Like we just recorded, what, three days ago? And there was like two episodes in ten days, seven days. I don't know. It's all blurring together. Uh, We we need to detox from each other for a little bit.
0: Right. Uh, No, I think we're okay. It's everybody (laughs) else that's the problem.
1: Oh, okay. I like that.
0: You see, everybody else records at the uh, Great Lakes Russell Fest, and they just like, oh, what we recorded there is our show this week. And I'm like, nope, that just gets dropped. <laughs> we got to do a new show this week.
1: Yeah, well, we did kind of just. I mean, I didn't go back and listen to it because uh, I listened to Pod Van Dam and I witnessed that show in person. So I'm very ashamed with what we put out in comparison. So I'm not going back and listening to like the. The 40-minute episode we put out a couple days ago. Uh,
0: so <laughs> I'm not. No. Um, the I I feel as though our show was the truncated version of our show.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, we didn't try anything new. We just did, we played the old hits is all we did.
0: Uh, you know, we worked off the soundboard, and thanks to Justin Summers for that. And we had some of our callers there live and in person, and... Uh, I, I wasn't prepared for that. Like, I didn't have questions that I was going to ask, like, Artie, and then, of course, uh, his partner, Chuck Stone, co-AIW Tag Team Champions, and it was just, like, I'm flying by the seat of my pants here. Like, uh, because it was a live show, I was going to, I wanted to have you and Artie get up and do, like, the doink mirror spot for
1: everyone. <laughs> yeah, there's so many, like, things I wanted to do, but I forgot. I think it was because it was 9,000 degrees. It was very hot, that's correct, Uh, and we were
0: out in the middle of, like, a grandstand, so there was, like, no shade anywhere. Nope, nope. (laughs) Uh, There was, like, a little lopsided tent that Pat from Pod Van Dam was running the sound for the show through that became very crowded and very, um... Cloudy? There you go. (laughs) I was gonna say smoggy, but I was up in the bleachers doing commentary for the show. Uh... Um, which again, thank you to everyone who watched and listened and, um, you know, got the surprise drop in that the show was going to be live. Um, the kind words, uh, both online and in person of everyone getting a chance to call AIW for the first time in like five years, maybe more. Um, but yeah, so like I said, so the other thing was like everybody else, like if I remember the schedule correctly, Everybody was supposed to go for 50 minutes. Yep. And then have the 10 minute break in between.
1: Yeah, because they had some dark matches and yeah, like, uh, it's, a little demonstration of the school.
0: Right. They had some student matches and stuff like that. And Justin for Wrestling Cheers hit his time perfectly. I don't think anyone reminded Pod Van Dam that they were supposed to go to 10 minutes too. Because they <laughs> yeah. went right up to four, right? Yeah then that's cutting into our time. And I didn't want to go right up to four 50 either, just in case like we were like on the plus side of things. Yeah. And then now they're scrambling and the show is starting late because we ran late.
1: Yeah. You'd hate to have like IWTV going live and like, we're just sitting there doing the show. We still have Ed on the stage.
0: <laughs> right. Well, we, well, they would have, obviously they would have waited. But then, like, the fans in attendance have to wait. Everybody who's ready to go has to wait. And I don't like to be the person that holds other people up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, fair Fair. enough. But uh, I I do want to go and listen to the show or watch the show on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Yes. Uh, Partially because I want to see your return to AIW. You know, I didn't get to. I was going to go up and kind of just sit near you just so I can hear the commentary like I sometimes do at LVAC. Right. But I was like, I can watch this a couple of days later and do that. But uh, I really enjoyed the show. I thought it was awesome. It wasn't what I was expecting because I think. You might have said to me, oh, or said to Mantis or Dan or something like that, that it's oh, it's going to be ECW or ECW style hardcore. There'll be some chairs and maybe maybe some tables. And, and there no, was no, yes, and there was just full on sharpies all all over the place. Well, well no, it was awesome. Well, Freddie had his glove, right? <laughs> well, that's part of him. Yeah, that's understandable. I'm trying to think who else had. Uh, in the main events, uh, there was those like foam wiffle ball bats that were covered in tacks where like Kaplan and uh, Derek Dillinger were just whipping each other uh, over the head with. Uh, that's
0: that's for the main <laughs> event. That's different, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it was definitely I'm not saying it as a bad thing, but it was definitely more hardcore than I thought it was going to be. It wasn't like a deathmatch
0: tournament is what I was trying to like convey. Like, it's not going to be no rope barbed wire. It's not going to be like gusset plates and Kenzons and shit like that. You know,
1: I get that. But I'd say like, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody that's listening to this. If you have the scale where on one end of the scale is ECW, we're hitting each other over the head with like trash cans and the other end of the spectrum is a deathmatch. I think that this is closer to deathmatch. Now, it might be like. like just a notch beyond the halfway point, but it was closer to to deathmatch stuff.
0: Now, if you're saying ECW walk and brawl, which is essentially like the Memphis walk and brawl is a one and a deathmatch is a 10, I would say the show like on that scale was like a four and a half. Oh, see, I'd put it at like a six. Okay. Well, that's, that's you i like i I've seen you know when I did commentary for g c w back before they became like the hottest company in the world, allegedly,
1: huh. and
0: like I would see people doing like the tattoo needle gimmicks, yeah, and all sorts of other stuff like that, so well,
1: well that's you know, the nine and ten on the scale,
0: oh, okay, so <laughs> people hitting each other with cookie sheets and throwing wooden chairs at each other, I'm like, oh, this is tame, you know. Yeah.
1: I mean, if somebody's getting shoot cut up in the stomach with Freddy gloves, that's 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 at least a six. (laughs) Well, that's between Mantis
0: and Freddy. I don't know what to
1: tell you (laughs) in regards to that. Yeah. But uh, great show, though. Like, obviously, Josh Bishop gives up the intense title. That was that was unexpected. I I mean, I knew they'd have to do something, but I didn't think it would happen there. That was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fun night and I got to. uh, Got to meet a couple people that I hadn't met before. Shout out to Monsoon Classic. They introduced themselves. And, Yay! Uh, uh, I think it was the first time I met Wadsworth, which was cool. And uh, I still, I, I wish I got more Mark photos. That was my thing I was thinking as I was leaving. It was like, mm-hmm. oh man, more people from my bucket list next time I go out to Ohio.
0: Yeah, so I, I did get a pic- couple pictures with a couple people. Of course, my picture was taken when we were doing the podcast a bunch. Thank you, uh, Ed Battis, for that. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you listen to the shows. I just know that you like a lot of my tweets at like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. So,
1: <laughs> Yeah, they, he does what I do to Todd, which is just like, here's a rapid fire of the last four days of likes, you know. Right. <laughs> but. Uh, but I did get a picture with Dom
0: on the way out. Uh, a couple of the people asked for pictures. And uh, so, you know, it is my first time back to AIW in quite some time. Um, everyone and. and I I don't know if I mentioned this on after dark this week, or I was off air on after dark this week, but it's one of those things where I'm very appreciative that people remember me Mm -hmm. and enjoyed my work, my friendship or whatever it is that I add to the shows. But then when like a big deal is made out of it, I understand that like, I would do the same thing to somebody else. I just get uncomfortable. I don't like attention. I like not being noticed. Um, and, I, you know, there was a couple people that came up to me, like a couple fans that came up to me to get their pictures taken with me. And they're like, oh, man, I'm a chance to meet Leonard Chikarson, like a legend. Mm-hmm. And I'm like oh, that's right, I'm old, you know? (laughs) It's always a nice reminder. It's like, oh, I've been doing this for like, you know, uh, 17 years or whatever the hell it is, right? like,
1: I used to listen to you when I was just a little kid. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. If only there was some way we can combine, like, your past success and your fame with my ego and lack of humility. Oh, there you go. That would work out perfectly because then I would be like, yeah, damn right, I'm back. Mm -hmm. You know? oh uh, your success is wasted on you joe
0: i listen mate. <laughs> apparently um but I, the trip uh most importantly i know we missed out on the world's greatest burger which i heard was not as great as the hand-painted sign would have everyone lead to believe
1: yeah it sounded like there was like the world's greatest food poisoning is after, <laughs> <laughs> after the show,
0: uh but the trip out was the trip out and the trip back was good um It's been a long time since I've had a long over-the-road trip, Um, you know, obviously partially due to the pandemic and stuff and just for a variety of reasons. But having a good carload of folks, I think, really helped. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: uh, I, I do want to start a 1-900 number where people can call and hear me basically say the things I heard in that in that car ride. <laughs> and uh, that's the only way you'll get me to spill it. It's going to be like $2 a minute, you know, and I'm well, going to talk I, real I, slow.
0: <laughs> I have that uh, graphic, the Mean Gene graphic with my PayPal address that uh, Ken Cannon made for me. That Like whenever I get like some juicy gossip, you know, I'll tweet that out just randomly yeah, to yeah. see if anyone bites. And no one ever bites. Um, But, you know, there was things discussed And there was things that was discussed that was, like, okay And it was things that was discussed of, like, just um, Like, okay, so one of the things that we talked about in the car Was And it's already been announced, so it's no big deal Was uh, Thunderfrog Coming out for the LVAC show at the end of the month, right? Yep, yep
1: There's a lot of LVAC booking on that car
0: Tons of LVAC talk, right? Yeah But I completely forgot that we had talked about that because there was so much other shit that we had talked about. Mm-hmm. So when his graphic came out on, like, Monday or whatever it was, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. We were talking that this was a maybe, but obviously it went from being a maybe to being a definite because he's got a graphic, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm still waiting to see if any of my ideas for my booking suggestions get get picked up for Elvac, you know, like Brandy Lauren or Sky Blue or Tay Conti or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm gonna say no, I'm gonna say that's a no, dog.
1: Do they need transportation? Because I can help.
0: <laughs> right. Didn't we just have like as fresh as we are uh, as recording this? Didn't we just have an issue with some um, suspect behavior by a promoter? I don't know if like this there, doesn't ca- yeah this kind of sort of counts. This kind of sort of counts for um, uh, this week in wrestling. But we're talking about it here. We're gonna get into it, um. and I don't mean to make light of it, but. Uh, promoter running a show this weekend in the New Hampshire area. Uh, a lot of fly-ins, a lot of travel. Um, and it's a very LBGTQ friendly show. Mm -hmm. And one of the people that they flew in was this Japanese star, Venny. I think Venny has been on AEW maybe once or twice, uh, during the pandemic era. Um, through a series of circumstances, they did not have a hotel for venny so venny ended up staying at the promoter's house and while venny slept oh jeez, the, <laughs> the promoter live tweeted for 12 hours them watching venny sleep <laughs> <laughs> oh god and again i don't mean to make light of yeah. it
1: but when you say it it's absurd that's how it's like one of those things it's like so weird that you don't I mean, you you believe it, but it's, like, it's unbelievable.
0: Right. So then that all comes out. The person deletes all the tweets. Uh, Venny comes out and says, "Eh, sounds it's a misunderstanding. It's being blown up to be a much bigger thing than it is. But that still doesn't stop a couple people from pulling off the show. The official show account tweets out, like, oh, so-and-so's not going to be on the show because they're sick. Mm -hmm. And that person is, like, quote tweet, no, I feel fine physically. I just don't feel like working for you because you're a creep. <laughs> it's like, oh, boy, this is a weekend, huh?
1: Yeah. Well, thank it's God like, I'm not a booker, right? <laughs>
0: I tell you, listen, I'm I'm happy being like fifth man on the totem pole. It's uh-huh. like, oh, somebody you booked won't reply to you with a current up-to-date photo of them. I'll contact them. I'll get that photo for you ASAP. Oh, and this this might have been the other thing. Uh, that I was talking about, uh, after, or after dark this week or off air on after dark and kind of ends around to you saying that like my reputation is wasted on me. Is that,
1: I, I, I said your, your, your fame or whatever is like, right. I guess. same difference.
0: So I don't like to use it when I, when I want to, but if I have to, like, I got like this much. Okay. Like I got like two fingers, sure. you know, it's like an inch apart. I got this much. You got a pinch. I got a pinch, right? Yeah. So, like, when so-and-so is booked on the show and they won't respond to the book or the show with an updated photo of them, the promoter says, hey, could you contact this person that you have absolutely no uh, uh, connection to? But I think for some reason if you contact them, they'll actually do it. And I did, and they did, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas on the flip side, like with Mantis, who do you think has, like, a little bit more sway from their reputation in the business, me or Mantis?
1: Uh, well, that's, that's tough. Cause you have the gravitas is what it is. Joe, okay. That, you know, you're, you're seen as a more serious person. Sure. Um, Mantis, you, you don't know, like, is he asking for an updated photo or is he asking for like Christmas advice for, you know, I don't know, whatever.
0: Right. But what I'm saying is, is like, there's certain people that I've mentioned and I'm not going to say any of the names, of course, I'll just say they're former Chikara people. Right. Yeah. That might be on TV. And <laughs> I say to Mantis, I go, Hey, you should contact x because if it's you asking them they will absolutely do it right sure if it's this one or this one or this one they're gonna be wishy-washy but i think if it's like mantis coming to you and saying like hey i want to book you for my show they'll probably give it a more of a thought than like eh whatever you know sure i think
1: next time just have me contact them i'll take care of it. sure that'll you know? be great <laughs> you want results joe you go to me mm. <laughs> I'll see how that works out for next time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, it's a relatively short this day in wrestling history, but let's get into it, huh?
1: Yep. And now, at odds with wrestling presents this day in wrestling history.
0: All right. So we always have our head-to-head 1997 Nitro versus Raw, right?
1: Yep, at least for, well, probably for a long time, right? Because even at the end of the year, like, something will change. It'll either be the year before or the year after. I don't know.
0: Right. So, um, Raw is Raw is the night after SummerSlam. Uh, and there's the SummerSlam where Sean's a Sean's special guest referee, Costs, Undertaker the title, Brett wins the title for the fifth time. You're welcome, and, Brett. And he'll go on to have a long and lengthy reign.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: Uh, also, this one, Austin breaks his neck in the match with Owen, okay? Yep. That was the night before. This is the Raw after, okay? Uh, standard matches on Raw, but some big things that happened on this uh, episode of Raw. This is the debut of Sergeant Slaughter as Commissioner Slaughter. Okay. Uh, who would set up to be a foil for the
1: for Degeneration X. Yep, with I, I obviously the thing that sticks out is the windshield wipers on the face uh face guard you yes know?
0: all right calling him sergeant slobber and all that <laughs> other stuff right yeah so th- also if you remember from maybe like two months ago when Ahmed Johnson turned heel joined the nation of domination and then was promptly injured
1: uh yeah we talked about how I didn't remember it ever existing until you mentioned on the podcast. Well, there's a reason for that is because this episode of raw, he returns from
0: injury, the nation of domination, jump him and he turns face again.
1: Yeah. Everything's right in the world,
0: (laughs) but almost as importantly, Shawn Michaels turns heel on this night. Uh, He comes out and he runs down the fans. He runs down the promotion. He runs down Vince um, And he kind of, like, makes the target of The Undertaker, right? Mm-hmm. And this sets up their two-match program at the next two, like, in-your-house style shows on the Road 2 Survivor Series. But this is the official Sean heel turn in this era. Awesome. All right, cool. And I will say this, as big of it, thi- like, as, like, these are, like, more seeds, we're going to see the flowers from these seeds next week.
1: Ooh, okay. I'll okay. Looking forward to it. Okay. Um, the the formation of DX is like one of my favorite memories of that era. Like uh, Ed has dude love. I have early DX. That's next week's episode.
0: Yay! <laughs> so uh, all over on Monday Night Raw. Uh, this is the hundredth episode of Monday Night Raw, Sma- or uh, Monday Nitro, rather. Nitro, Sorry, yeah. Monday Nitro. Um, actually, it's only the ninety ninth episode. Because they're counting uh, from June, and again, it's the early days of the internet, 1997, they did a Saturday Nitro that was audio streamed only on WCW.com.
1: That sounds fascinating.
0: (laughs) That counts in their 100 episodes, right?
1: Now, did they actually have the event, or was it just like an old radio broadcast where they're just like narrating something that wasn't happening and somebody's doing sound effects in the background?
0: It's funny you say that. Okay. <laughs> this this was an actual show, right? All right. Back in, let's say, ninety ninety one, one of the things that you could do on the WCW hotline on the weekends is, is you could call in on the hotline, and you would hear Lance Russell do commentary on whatever the house shows were, right? Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, so the thing is, especially back in this day, both WWF and WCW, they would run the same house shows, and it would literally be the same order, the same matches, like move for move in those towns on a Friday night to Saturday night. And then, you know, depending on, you know, it might be like a Sunday afternoon and a Sunday night show. Right. Yeah. So the, the word is that when Lance Russell was doing that, he got so sick and tired of essentially just doing it's like, oh, well, Friday night, here's. You know, the same card and the same exact whatever, and then Saturday it's the same thing, and then Sunday it's the same thing, and then Sunday night, instead of just taking the one recording and just having it be in the four spots over the weekend, Lance Russell would commentate more exciting matches on the hotline than what was actually going on at the WCW house shows.
1: <laughs> okay, so he was just making the shit up straight yes. up. Yes! It was like dream booking stuff.
0: Well, like, just make like it was still the same matches, because like if you went and looked at the results, you'd still see that it was like Johnny Bad versus Tex Slassenger, right? But he just might have been calling different moves that were much more exciting than what he was seeing.
1: Yeah, like uh, the giant is doing like Tope Suicida. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough.
0: So this is a three hour nitro, so it's filled with mostly trash. But The main thing that happens in this is, well, the two main things that happens in this is, well, let's say three main things that happen (laughs) in this, is two of WCW's top stars are offered contracts to wrestle. Sting is offered a contract to wrestle at the next pay-per-view, Kurt Henning. Okay. Sting takes the contract, rips it up, and walks out. This goes on for several weeks of J.J. Dillon offering different contracts to Sting, because it's only been a year. We have no idea who Sting wants to wrestle.
1: Okay, his allegiances aren't quite clear yet type deal. No, no, okay. no. No, he's been doing drop downs from the ceiling. That's right. We just don't know who he wants to face. And obviously he wants to face Hogan. Right. Okay. Yeah, my time was messed up there. Uh,
0: so also J.J. Dillon offers a contract to Raven. I thought
1: you said two top guys.
0: I said two top guys, <laughs> Sting and Raven. They were both on the cover of video games. You don't get to be on the cover of a video game if you're not a top guy, right?
1: Yeah, because I haven't heard that story about how Raven just got slipped on there by, like, one of the developers.
0: Because the developer was a fan, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Um, but yeah. the main event... Yeah, I'm right, Scotty, I'm the boss. Uh, the main event... Six days prior to the Road Wild pay-per-view this upcoming Saturday, Lex Luger beats Hogan for the WCW world title. Uh, I'm sure as we record, you probably saw the gif of this or like the two and a half minute clip of this going around the Internet like all day
1: today. Uh, I didn't see it on the Internet, so I'm trying to like kind of piece it together. But this was kind of like out of the blue, wasn't it? Like, it didn't feel like Luger should have been the guy.
0: Well, so that's the thing. It's it, it's one of these things where you have to, you had to have kind of been there. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't there because I was watching Raw as opposed to Nitro at the time. But in lieu of them taking Sting out of the booking for a year and everybody else in the babyface side kind of feuding with each other or being a tag team or whatever it is, Luger very quietly became like this huge mega babyface and was super over, right? Okay. And the week prior, we talked about it last week when Luger comes out and cuts the promo and says that Hogan hasn't defended the title since February. Um, And even though he has the title match with Hogan at Road Wild, uh, they were able to contract to get him a title match on Nitro next week. He gets the match with Nitro, and he wins. And, like, you see a building explode. Like, Hogan, like, Luger gets to kick out of Hogan's leg drop. And it's, like, as clean as a fucking job as you ever could imagine
1: and, that Hogan uh, does. It wasn't, and, like, a locker room emptying celebration type yes, deal? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I remember this.
0: Um, But, like, you forget, like, if you go back, like, when Luger came, you know, the, the story always is, and, you know, I tend, this is one of the few Eric Bischoff stories that I tend to believe, <laughs> is that when he came from WWF to WCW in 1995, um, Bischoff didn't want him. And Sting went to bat for him. And Luger came in on, like, the lowest-end contract that they were offering at that time, which I think was only $300,000 a year. Oh, poor baby, but good. In 1995 money, I know. So over the next, you know, here we are two years, um, give or take, like, a day or two, Luger busts his ass. Like, he may not have been the greatest worker, but it's like, character stuff was amazing, It's like, you want me to go to a worldwide taping and wrestle four times? I'll do it. You want me to, like, go to every house show? I'll do it. And Luger busted his ass for those two years. And, like, this title win, you know, I would say, like, in a, you know, in the, in the cave, or not in the kayfabe sense, but in, like, the shoot sense was, like, kind of his reward for the previous two years. But you go and, like, when he's the heel, but he's a tag team partner with staying, that stuff is great. And, like, so much of that character stuff that Luger was doing over this two-year period was amazing stuff that I think got overlooked, or gets overlooked because it ends up getting overshadowed by the NWO, you know, in 96, and then coming to this moment here in 97. But Luger was awesome, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, you think about it, like, when you look at the golden age of WCW around there, obviously you have the core NWO people and yeah, Luger was mixed in with the NWO and the Wolfpack, but at the end of the day, the shine is on the NWO there. It's Hogan, Hall, Nash. And then it's like, you, you think about, you know, DDP, you think about the luchadors. You don't often remember Luger being integral in that. And, you know, you think about it, he he was, you know, exactly. All right. Um,
0: so that's, like I said, that's one to definitely go back and get a chance to check out if you if you do. Like that Luger
1: run yeah. is
0: something special, I'd say, you know?
1: Yeah. I'll add it to the 5,000 other things that I want to watch, but I won't, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, time.
0: Hey, and like I said, very rarely do we do something this current. Uh, but one year ago today on AEW Dynamite was the debut
1: of 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Okay, uh, you know what? They I don't remember them debuting on the same episode, but I believe you. <laughs>
0: you know, w- well, if you remember, it was the Tuesday beforehand. Just randomly, uh, an online promo showed up of them challenging uh, Darby, uh, Moxley, and Eddie. Right, mm-hmm. and I think our show graphic for that episode was the one with Eddie with Sting.
1: Yeah. Okay, that makes um, sense.
0: So it was the Tuesday, there was the online promo of them making the challenge, and then that was the opening match on that week's Dynamite.
1: Huh. Okay. Well, congratulations to them. It's uh, the year flew by, you know?
0: Yep. And uh, and look at what they did in a year's time in AEW.
1: They wrestled all the top guys. They're in they wrest- uh, yeah. arguably a top stable, you know, whether right. you want to like it or not. The JAS is presented as top guys, you know? Got a good bit, even though they changed their names. Right. (laughs) Uh, Jagged has a switchblade comb. Right. (laughs) And suspenders. And uh, yeah, I like all of it.
0: Right. And just crazy to think that, like, those were guys, especially, like, more so, like, 2.0 were in the WWE system for however many years. And WWE, like, either couldn't figure out what to do with them or never gave them a chance or a combination of both. And then Daniel Garcia did, like, one or two squash matches on, like, 205 Live. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And they were just like, the the story goes, it's like, we don't want to sign you, but if somebody else comes to sign you, let us know and we'll make you an offer. (laughs) And he was like, fuck that. Like, either you want me or you don't want me. It's like, not that you want me because somebody else wants me. You either want me or you don't want me. And obviously you don't want me, so go fuck yourself.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, this is not a hot take, but I'd hate to see Garcia in WWE because he'd be in NXT. He'd be, have like a gimmick of like uh, like a friggin' palm reader or something like that. You he, know, he wouldn't be he, allowed to wrestle. He'd be like
0: third guy down in the Tony D'Angelo fake mafia stable.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'd have him like serving drinks to toxic attraction. Right. <laughs> not a bad gig now that I think about it. Never mind. No. <laughs> For you, maybe. I don't know. <laughs>
0: so that's uh, history. That's what's gone to the past. Uh, let's go to the more recent past. Uh, Adam, what would you like to talk about that happened in the last seven days in the world of professional wrestling? All
1: right. I think I'll start off with the thing that, you know, obviously there was a lot of build up to on our show. Uh, the last two shows, we were talking about it. Uh, the kind of the talk of the Internet, you know, which was Sunday night on pay-per-view. Um, you know, Twitter was going nuts about this. And of course, uh, Jim Crocker promotions, I am talking about the return of the major players, Joe, (laughs) (laughs) the major players make their stunning return along with smart Mark Sterling. They interrupt the, the impact title match between Josh Alexander and Jacob Fatu only for it to be ruined by DDP. Uh, which obviously this, this thing, you know, you cannot turn on social media without seeing people talking about this. But I guess if you wanted to talk about the Ric Flair match that happened at the end uh, after I guess this was the second main event after the major players returned, Uh, you know, Ric Flair has his last match. Uh, somehow cannot figure out how to hold brass knuckles because he's on his deathbed and uh, goes out like a hero complimenting Kid Rock and saying that everything you heard about him was true. Uh, what a show, Joe. What a show.
0: Uh, so I should have known something was up when Brian got pulled from
1: the opening bunkhouse Battle Royal. Oh, you didn't think that was a shoot, brother mm. <laughs> I thought that that was just as true as Broski not giving up the absolute and intense titles until Thorne gave him a money in the bank suitcase full of cash,
0: right, which none of that shit ever happened, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, so then they, you know, I'm like, okay, there's going to be something, where's it going to happen, you know, whatever, right, and I'm, you know, I'm glad that they were kind of like running the impact angles on this, since there was a lot of impact production people and stuff, um, on this, and I know they mentioned the show on Dynamite this week, we're recording as Impact is on, so I don't know what they are or are not uh, mentioning of this on Impact this week, uh, but obviously the main event is the thing that everyone's talking about, and uh so mvp of the night uh co-mvp of the night would have to be double j and karen jarrett (laughs) just unbelievable going out there working their working their ass off to be heat
1: magnets yeah boo us so you don't see what flair is not doing right and what flair did
0: not do was a lot (laughs) he looked horrible um and it was one of those things where like you know we were all making jokes for the weeks leading up to it that like oh Flair's gonna die right Uh
2: uh-huh
0: um and i said that flair's not gonna die in the match but there was like two different times where i'm like oh shit flair's gonna die right uh uh there's the one bit where they prop him up like they're gonna give him a superplex (laughs) <laughs> yeah and he's sitting on the top rope and i'm like what the fuck are they doing and then you see rick flair slowly and gingerly like getting down from that and shaking his head
1: <laughs> he's like nope nope nope,
0: nope yeah nope. <laughs> uh there was a bit when they were fighting on the outside that i guess was supposed to be flair faking a heart attack but they did such a poor job of shooting it and directing it and commentating it, I didn't realize it until like somebody pointed out, like after the fact, that that's what this was supposed to be.
1: Yeah, I, um, I didn't, didn't get, I didn't get the vibe of any fake heart attacks. I saw a lot of like legit onsetting of a heart attack, but um, but then of course when Ric Flair
0: makes the hot tag, laying down in the ring, barely able to move. <laughs> um, as Adam mentioned, that you know Conrad throws the brass nux in which Camera completely misses. It just all of a sudden Andrade has the Brass nucks and they have to put it over that Conrad's the one that threw them in. Um, Andrade has to try to put them on Flair's hands, which are, like, either no longer work,
1: or his fingers are too bloated for the things to fit around. See, I felt like I just stopped you there. Like, Andrade literally put it into Flair's hand with, like, Flair's fingers in the holes. Like, he did the work of going ahead and putting it on. But, like, Flair kind of, like, took it off of his fingers, if that makes sense, and then palmed it. Right, You know, like, he what he didn't have the wherewithal to know that there were Nux going on his hands, you know? Right, so then he hits Double J with the Nux, puts Double J in the figure four,
0: and they count the pin, and both guys' shoulders were down. And then, obviously, after the fact, you see people, like, doing the full shot of it, where you see Flair say to Andrade that, I passed out what happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, he didn't um, have the energy to, like, hold up at all during the figure four.
0: Uh, And the one thing I will point out, I guess, and I don't follow all of this as closely as I should, uh, but obviously Flair rustled in a shirt. But if you noticed, he had like a spandex top and like a shirt on over it. Yeah. Uh, Do you remember the gimmick? And this might have been before your time, but you're a baseball man. So who knows when Pete Rose got like the whatever, like record for the number, like whatever stolen bases it was.
1: Uh, hits, but yes, go ahead Hits,
0: or like on-base attempts or whatever Right, you know what I mean, though Just
1: hits, yes, past Ty Cobb
0: Uh, so that day when he did that He was wearing like six shirts under his jersey
1: Okay, I think I heard that
0: So that when it came time to sell those things (laughs) He had six shirts or seven shirts Including the jersey of what he wore on the day That he broke Ty Cobb's record
1: That's a pretty good opportunity, I like it
0: and I think Flair wearing multiple shirts plus the spandex top was very calculated. So it's like those are definitely going on sale.
1: Yeah, like here's one I'm going to sell in its entirety. Here's one we're going to cut up into memorabilia cards, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, obviously, if it wasn't for the resale value of those shirts, he would have gone shirtless because I'm he's in great shape from what I heard, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. He passed I'm-
1: three three NXT or two NXT conditioning tests. That's right. Yeah. I'm beginning to think I could pass that. <laughs> I still don't think I could. <laughs> on the scale of like conditioning, you know, it goes, I'm not at the top, but like I'm at the top of us three Flair's in the middle and you're at the bottom. Yeah. All right.
0: <laughs> There's a big gap between me and flair though. <laughs> All right. but yes. uh, the, the, And again, I'm not going to say that the whole show was embarrassing. The show was good. There was a lot of good wrestling on there. The whole thing was just weird culminating in the main event, Mm. Uh, what everything was focused around, which was Flair's last match. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It just – it was not great. Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) I turned it on. Uh, You know, I, I made sure I, I almost forgot about it. And then I called my local cable provider to make sure it was still available to purchase. Uh, And I turned it on during like the luchador ma- match that had like uh Tarus and Phoenix and stuff like that. And I just kind of had it on in the background. You know, I was like, this is a one match show for me. I just want to see Ric Flair go out there and definitely deliver. And not at all tarnish his legacy. <laughs> so... I mean, I'm not going to say he tarnished the legacy because his legacy has been tarnished for a long time, but this is just a low note to go out on, you know, like if he had just not done this, he still would have been revealed as a shitty person and not exactly had a good last 15 years, but it was just, this is the, the icing on the shit cake is what it was, you know? Yeah. Okay. That's a good way to put it. Right. Yeah, because I mean, if his last match was the match against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, at least you can say, hey, he went out on like, I don't want to say a five star match, but a a really good match had a great story. They didn't embarrass themselves in the ring. Uh, And then if that was his last match, then you could be like, okay. He's done crappy things since then. He's run out of money. He's robbed from people. He's been exposed as being a fucking pervert. Uh, but at least his last match was really good. And you can say he was one of the greatest in the ring at all times. But then he has the stuff in Impact. And I don't know if he did anything other than that. But it was just been a steady slope downward. But hopefully it's over with now.
0: <laughs> Fingers crossed this is the last we ever have to worry about or hear from or see from any of this Ric Flair stuff. And I hope uh, Double J and Conrad just go back to their podcast on Tuesday, like normal, like none of this ever happened.
1: Yeah. Like they don't have to go back on and like kayfabe. Like I don't listen to any of the Conrad podcasts, but I guess in the weeks leading up to this, like they were doing promos against each other on the show. Yeah. And I was was definitely,
0: yeah, I was definitely in the minority on these that I didn't like it. I just wanted the regular show. Mm. Um and everyone's like, oh my god, are you listening to this week's show? And I'm like, no, I can't. And then people are like, oh, this week Jerry Jarrett's on and Karen's on and she's drunk and she's talking shit on Dixie. And I'm like, <laughs> well, uh, that was kind of shoot. <laughs> can't, can't we just have Jeff tell stories about 1999 te- or 1990 Texas wrestling? That's yeah. what I want. That's what I want to hear. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What <laughs> I I hope based off of this, and I don't know what sort of indie bookings it could take based on uh whatever his world wrestling entertainment commitments are uh but you're if you're an independent promoter you're a fool if you're not booking uh slappy and karen together
1: (laughs) so uh karen and jeff Jarrett for lvac next show right i asked
0: mantis in the car ride and he you you heard what he said
1: (laughs) i asked for a lot of people to be
0: booked on the car ride
1: yeah all right Well, glad it's over. Not the car ride, but uh, the Ric Flair last match. Mm -hmm. All right. What do we got, Joe? You're up.
0: Well, you know, obviously the the regime change in world wrestling entertainment uh, is really taking hold, whether you're talking about uh, SmackDown this past week uh, or SummerSlam on Saturday night. But uh, we had prime representation on both shows from the Maxim male models. (laughs) Uh, we got the debut of the summer wear uh, and the return of Max Dupree. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, Max Dupree into the fold of things. And then on SummerSlam, they got to do an inset commercial for pure water where the boys were just having fun with some water. That's all, you know? <laughs> um, so I'm glad that in the regime change, this is something that is kind of sticking around and coming back and whatever it is. Uh, but in all honesty, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch SummerSlam because we, we are on our way home from the AIW event. Um, I got to watch bits and pieces of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. Uh, but coming out of SummerSlam and coming out of Raw, I, I would say that the big deal is the return of Bayley uh, with her heel group of Dakota Kai. And it's Io Shirai still. I know they're calling her Io Sky, right? Yeah. Um, but And then obviously, you know, you have the um, the Becky's injury. And I have have something funny to say about that before you get, like, I got to end my stuff with that. But uh, obviously, because of the regime change, because of Vince, you know, being gone, uh, two women who everyone just assumed were out of the company in Io Shirai and Dakota Kai are back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody who's been on the shelf for over a year and has just been waiting for a chance to come back is back in Bailey. Um, You know, and there's the rumors going around now that based on this regime change, the talks have opened back up to bring Sasha and Naomi back. And a good chunk of Monday Night Raw was devoted to the women. And if, the you know, Raw's still three hours and, you know, there's still Kevin Dunn camera cuts to worry about. But the stuff with Bianca and Bailey's group.
1: And all that on Raw this week was really good stuff. Mm-hmm. The, this is also kind of my other talking points um, about the the Summer Fest, which I also have not watched. But, you know, a lot of this stuff, as you mentioned, was kind of breaking while we were at AIW. And I remember you were reading off things that were either tweets or, you know, people had messaged you about, you know, commentary seeming better like seeming more light and uh you know references to wrestling and uh you know just while the product itself might not have changed there there are glimpses there that you know maybe they're not getting shouted at in the earpiece anymore and uh you know maybe things will get better but as far as the eo sky thing uh i will take the loss on this one I think I said last week or the week before that, hey, if there's one thing we know about Triple H being in charge, people aren't going to have their name changed. Uh, I was wrong. I will take that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this it was cool to see these people, as you said, uh, Dakota Kai and Io Shirai, who we all just kind of assumed that they were gone. You know, like, or at least I did. Io was going to go back to Japan Dakota was going to go the way of Tegan Knox and just disappear from WWE. And, uh, Bailey was due back at any point, you know, like she's too big of a star to even get buried under Vince, but it was nice to see them kind of team up at least for now. And, uh, you know, on raw, we have, you know, uh, Oscar and Alexa joining the, the babyface team of Bianca. So it's just, it's interesting. Um, and I agree a strong women's division is needed and, it's been lacking because we've had all these like one week champions, you know, over the last year, we like Nikki ASH and uh, Rhea Ripley winning the championship and then dropping it. So uh, I, I am looking forward to it getting better. Uh, I will not say that this stable is enough to say that WWE's gotten better. Uh, but I think it's one small step in the right direction.
0: Exactly. It's not like I'm like I'm back. I'm watching Raw every night and I'm watching SmackDown every night. You know, I still pick up what I need to off those YouTube channels. But like these are at least good signs. These are um, uh, tokens of appreciation, uh, signposts, goalposts, whatever that change is coming. And you know, we talked here last week that change is not and cannot happen overnight. Um, especially with Triple H going on one of the Paul Brothers things and making stupid statements that Vince has echoed for years, that Vince saved wrestling from smoky bar rooms and shit like that, which, again, th- we're not the podcast to get into that, but, like, the fact that that gets to be WWE's narrative, you know, mm-hmm. still sucks.
1: Yeah, and I like wrestling in smoky bar rooms.
0: Right. And somebody, <laughs> so, somebody else said that if you look at the years leading up to Vince buying World Wrestling Entertainment, and again, I, I said that we're not the show to do this, but I'm going to be as brief as possible <laughs> with this. Yeah. If you look at the years in the 80s, 1980, 81, 82, 83, uh, years leading up to Vince starting the national expansion, right? There were 23 running full-time territories that there was up to something like 300 shows a year amongst all of these territories that averaged 9,000 paid per show. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, granted that's some shows were bigger. Some shows are smaller. You know, we're not taking into consideration TVs and everything else like that, but you know, you're talking like Texas world-class would sell out the cotton bowl of like tens of thousands of people. Like once every six months, you're talking about when, um, N.W.A. did Starcade in 1983 and they sold they did like 15000 people or whatever the attendance was. You know, that was more the norm than whatever. You can go back and watch footage of events from the 60s and 70s um, and and see these huge buildings and packed with like multiple tiers of people. And even further still, somebody else pointed this out. You know, my favorite smoky uh, bar that wrestling was held in for all those years Madison Square Garden. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh granted it held thirty seven thousand people the night that Kevin Nash won the title from Bob Backlund. But uh, that
1: Madison that, Square Garden can't can't hold that many people. Well
0: it did that night. Oh. <laughs> but that's a building that would regularly draw thirteen to fifteen thousand people throughout this like on a monthly basis on a Monday night throughout the sixties and seventies. Yeah. But again, it wasn't until Vince came in 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 1984 and changed wrestling.
1: (laughs) He consolidated power, but got a big he got the biggest slice of a much smaller pie.
0: Right. And, And what he did was so you have these 23 territories that are running and Vince would start taking the biggest stars out of these territories and essentially killing off these territories. But it's not like, oh, well, the nine to 11,000 people that regularly watch Mid-South Re- South Wrestling that love the Junkyard Dog and One Man Gang and Ted DiBiase and all their stars, when WF takes them, all those fans are going to come to you. It's like, no, those fans are just going to never come back.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's kind of sort of what we saw when WCW went on, under. It's not like, oh, well, we own WCW now. All those WCW fans are going to come to us in 2001. No, they just went away and never came back.
1: Yeah, you you get a couple of them who might follow certain people out of loyalty, but other people are like, well, my company's gone, so I'm done.
0: Yeah, and I would say that there's probably more shows being run in smoke-filled bars in the last five years than there has ever been in all years prior uh, to World Wrestling Entertainment saving wrestling from the alleged smoky bars.
1: Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, fuck Vince.
0: Uh, Yeah, so hey, just one last thing about the WWF stuff. Uh, On Final Wrestling Place this past week, they did their makeshift tag teams, and Tim and Marcus talked about the Max Payne Cactus Jack tag team, right? Yep. So Max Payne comes into World Championship Wrestling, and he's a heel, but he plays guitar, and he looks cool, feuds with Ron Simmons for a little bit, then he has the long feud with Johnny B. Bad, where he steals the Bad Blaster and shoots it in Johnny B. Bad's face. Mm-hmm. Uh and then one week on WCW Saturday night, Max Payne just essentially comes out and says, uh, hey, I'm a good guy now. Uh Cactus Jack help me, and we're a tag team. And that was his face turn, right? Yeah. He just came enough. out and said, I'm a good guy now. Cactus Jack helped me see the light, and I'm a good guy. And so when they mention that on the Monday show or uh on yeah, on the Monday show, and I'm listening to that, I'm cracking up over it. And then that night on Raw, Becky essentially cuts the same promo, (laughs) where she's like, yeah, uh, I've kind of been a jerk this last year, uh, but I'm good now, uh, so cheer me, and everyone did. Yeah, and that was it. And I, I was dying. I was texting Marcus. I'm like, oh, my God, she cut the Max Payne promo.
1: Now, did I read too much into it or was there like thinly veiled illusions that, hey, Vince is gone, so I don't have to play this character anymore. I can go back to being myself. Yeah. OK. So, I mean, there's a little bit more to it than the Max Payne, because it's like, hey, we're all shooting on Vince now. It's the in thing to do. And uh, I wanted to be the man, but the man kept me from being the man, you know?
0: Right, but, like, the crux of it is, like, I've been a jerk and hated you people for the last year, <laughs> but now I'm not a jerk, and I like everyone again.
1: Yeah, because, uh, you know, my being a babyface sold a lot more merch, so...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she was selling... Uh, lots of merch, just nowhere near as much as a baby face, but I completely get you.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Uh, so one last thing I want to talk about from Dynamite this week. All right. A rare not talking about AEW, uh, show thing here, unless you have stuff to say. I so they question, have the, but... they, they have the dumpster match on AEW, right? hmm The Acclaimed versus the Ass Boys. Acclaimed win. They throw the ass boys into the dumpster, and they're going to replicate what the New Age Outlaws did to Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie on that episode of Raw uh, all those years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Um, However, this was much more scary because when they pushed it, like, the dumpster completely flipped over on its lid.
2: Yeah.
0: And when some of the boxes came out, I thought it was a body, and (laughs) as I was watching the show, I audibly screamed— because I thought we just saw one of the ass boys get legitimately crushed by the dumpster. <laughs>
1: okay. I didn't and feel that this, way. But...
0: And so that was kind of scary and should have not happened or should have been agented differently. And I know every, like, there were other people like, oh, they could have shot her on the packing peanuts. I'm like, I wish they had like foam pool noodles in there to protect those guys taking those bumps in a dumpster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, there's no reason for us to take crazy bumps anymore when, like, we could, you know, everyone kind of knows it's all a show, right? Yeah. Um, But attempting to kill your rivals doesn't feel like the, uh, thing that the new babyface act should be doing, but what the hell do I know?
1: <laughs> they should have, uh, you know how when Jericho got thrown off of the blood and guts, he went through the totally legitimate ramp that was made of, like, cardboard? Yes. They should have had, like, a false floor, i don't know what the setup is but just maybe a couple feet of like breakable floor that that dumpster could have fell into something yeah instead of just the concrete but yeah it was
0: I, it, it was scary
1: yeah i i didn't cringe like you did i was like eh, i hope there's more than just those packing peanuts in there you know uh-huh. but uh, i i didn't let out an audible scream yeah um uh, but joe what i did let, let out an audible scream uh on dynamite is when uh, Casey Carrington got choked out by Anna J.A.S. Uh, (laughs) uh, Again, that was a a shocking turn of events, and I don't have much to say, but I will say it's probably the best choke that Carrington has had applied to him in his career.
0: Oh, really? (laughs) Yep, yep. (laughs) You know, I think since you and Casey have both been choked out by Dom, Uh I think it's only fair that Anna J.A.S. choke you out as well. Just so that you have something to compare it to.
1: That is the best idea you've ever had in the history of ideas. I love it. All
0: right. But I was, obviously, they were in the Columbus area. I was looking for any familiar faces that we saw as, like, extras or whatnot. And then when I saw Casey Carrington there, like, oh, I'm like, he's a recognizable person. He's going to, like, I'm like, yep, well, there he goes. He's getting choked out. (laughs) It happened that quick, you know?
1: Yeah. But, yeah, that's all I got.
0: Uh, But, yeah, so that's all I got, too. Um, So, hey, let's talk about a homework assignment for next week. It's my turn to assign something, right? Because there's not, like, another pay-per-view for, like, at least two or three weeks, right?
1: Uh, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but it's uh, the Clash of the Castle or something in the end of August.
0: Well, no, so first weekend in September is Clash of the Castle and NXT, which I haven't added to the schedule, and All Out.
1: Okay. Yeah, I I don't remember. Uh, That's
0: okay. But so again, like at the very least, like this week, next week, and the week after, we'll be doing stuff because then the last week of August is going to be LVAC show. So there'll be nothing there. And then, you know, those three events happen in like that first weekend in September.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Okay. Right.
0: So uh, we're continuing on with the Chikara events leading to the big shutdown angle. Uh, this is the event from Gibsonville, North Carolina, uh, May 3rd, 2013 battle, not with monsters. Now this is one of those events that I was looking at and I'm like, is there stuff that I could pull off this show? And I'll say, yeah, there probably is stuff that I could pull off this show. Um, but the thing is on the first half of the show, and I don't want to spoil anything. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But there's a show, lo- like, and I say, there's a first half long angle that goes all the way through intermission, right? And you kind of got to watch the matches to have it all pay out, pay off, right? All right. Um, so, again, we're going to watch the full show. Um, obviously, once you get it, you get it. Uh, the opening match is uh, Ophidian and all three members of the Batiri taking on Fire Ant, Assailant, and Los Ice Creams. Uh, Missile Assault Ant versus Saturine. Uh, Colony Extreme Force, which would be the other non-Missile Assault Ant members taking on 3.0. The Shard versus Amasis. Jigsaw versus Archibald Peck. Um, now, I'll say this. Mandatory watches would probably be Jigsaw, Archibald Peck, Fist versus the spectral envoy and the main event of Eddie Kingston versus green ant. Okay. But like I'm leave manda-
1: to- mandatory for the second half of the show or mandatory for the show.
0: Those are so, and again, I don't want to tip what happens, okay. right? Gotcha. Uh, I think this will be like the first time that you and we get a chance to watch a dumb, fun, Lowe's ice creams, ha ha match in quite some time.
1: All right. If I watch the first match, which is uh, like the Fidian versus, you know, Fire and Assailant ice creams. Uh, Will I get or at least get enough of whatever that overarching theme is to maybe hook me to watch the other matches I don't want to watch? Yes. Okay, so watch that match. And if I get the gist of what's happening and I'm interested, keep watching. If I'm like, uh, I don't give a shit, just jump ahead to uh, Jigsaw versus Pack.
0: Right, so Jigsaw vs. Archibald Peck is story, is like part of the greater storyline, right? Okay. Uh, Mr. Touchdown versus Chiva Kid, who, if I remember correctly, is uh, Andrew Everett, who wrestles. It's a really good match. Is it mandatory for the greater overarching storyline? Not really. Uh, Fist vs. Spectral Envoy, big storyline stuff. Eddie Kingston vs. Green Ant, big storyline stuff.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Like I get it. It's it's kind of choose your own adventure at the beginning. We'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. Um, and then the um then like I didn't assign any of the event centers and like they've been doing with these releases, the event centers are at the end of this. So don't let like the three hour like the three hours, six minute <laughs> runtime scare you off. Yeah. Because the last half hour is event centers. Okay. And there's nothing really like the only thing that comes out of the out of these event centers particularly is that um, Soldier Ant quits Colony Extreme Force.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I some of these uh, event centers recently have been very skippable. Yeah. You know, there hasn't been, like, even the ones you've been assigning. I'm like, okay, I didn't really need that, you know?
0: Like I said, if it's something crucial or it's a good promo, I'll be like, yeah, it's a Young it's Young Bucks and 3.0 hyping up their match. I'm like, yeah, watch it, you know?
1: Yeah, okay.
0: All right, we'll check it out. And the link to this will be in the show notes, of course. Yeah. So, uh, hey, let's get into uh, phone calls this week.
1: Let's do it.
3: Joe, Adam. Hey, what's up? First time caller, many times Photoshopper for Adam and the Michael Jordan of Finn Balor collecting Derek here. Hey, congratulations on your 200th episode. I believe I'm a weekish late due to your uh, gimmicked episodes over the past several days, but nonetheless, I wanted to say thanks for the nice little world you let me escape to during my Friday morning drives into the office. Excited for what you guys have in store for the next 200? Joe, maybe you let Adam loose and we get a New Japan segment or something (laughs) in the coming years. So one of the driving factors behind this call is that, well, I was astonished at a weekly purchase I was able to make involving uh, Mr. Devitt and Alexa Bliss. Nice. Although I'm fairly certain this 8 by 10 was still on the market since Alexa's fully clothed, so Adam may have hard passed on it, no pun intended. <laughs> Anyways, just a simple 8 by 10 with a shot from her Moment of Bliss segment a couple years back when Balor appeared on it, autographed by them both. So Adam, thank you for letting guys like myself get a little piece of grease. <laughs> I'll uh, text you later. Found a bunch of Bliss stuff on eBay you might be interested in being enabled on. I mean, obtaining Keep up the good work, guys. Talk soon.
0: Wow, Derek had a great phone connection.
1: Yeah, it's 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 almost like it's a good idea to maybe record the audio and just email it in as as opposed to just calling. <laughs> That's a thing that you could do. Yeah, but uh, I like the fact that Derek is joining in on the weekly purchases fun. You know, right into voicemail. I think we've said before, if you have a weekly purchase, you don't know, give it a call. Give us a call and let us know what it is. Um. But yeah, so, uh, Derek for a long time, uh, you know, obviously we enable each other with, with different purchases and, uh, he actually had pointed out, I mentioned on the 200th episode that I might've bought an autographed, uh, Alexa bliss eight by 10. Um, I had bought that and I didn't say this on the 200th episode, but he pointed out a different autograph photo that I liked more after I bought the first one. So I bought a second one, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, Good for him that he's allowed by the wife to make these purchases.
0: <laughs> and I you know what, and that I'll say that's a pretty cool deal, especially in this era that you can get like, you know, two modern era folks in a picture from a segment on TV and it's signed by both of them. You know, obviously I'm gonna assume Derek comes from the same school as you do that it's authenticated it's not just like or you know something right
1: Yeah I was pretty sure it was either JSA or PSA authenticated Sure so that's pretty cool you know like yeah. you could like I I'm sure you know before
0: his passing you could have got tons of like Hall Nash and 6 or just all the Nash pictures of them together but like the modern era guys you know like let's say like last 10 years it's tougher I'd say you know
1: yeah, I'm trying to look for the uh, the the text from him, but like he had sent me the eBay link of the Alexa and Finn Balor thing, and then like he said it was from the Moment of Bliss segment, and you know it was just uh, like a kind of like a oh what do you think about this type of deal? And I said to him, I was like, that's a super unique piece, you know, because you can get a billion Finn Balor autographs out there, you can get a billion Alexa Bliss ones, but this is the first time, probably the only time, you're gonna have a reasonable reason why they're both on the same piece. And then like a day goes by and he texts me something like, man, I couldn't get it out of my head. The fact that you were pushing how unique it was. So I bought it. So I like the fact that uh, he, he he succumbs to peer pressure like I do.
0: Yeah. And and like I said, a very unique, a very cool piece. And again, I, I think a lot of people would feel the same, you know, uh, me on the outside feeling that same way in regards to just the description of it. Uh, but yeah, Derek, thanks for listening. Uh, I guarantee the next 200 episodes will be more or less the same. (laughs) And, uh, Adam usually does talk about new Japan stuff for about a good 30 to 40 minutes, but I edit it out of the show every week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It goes up on our Patreon. That's what it usually happens. Right. There you go. But, uh, uh, thanks Derek. Next call.
4: Hey guys, Kevin here. Sorry. Uh, I'm back to work, I'm feeling better but still not completely over COVID this thing is loads of fun for anyone who hasn't had it yet speaking of loads of fun, oh my god Rick Flair's last match, wasn't that just absolutely embarrassing to watch, a lot of good wrestling on the show but not in Flair's match at all and you know, is it, is it money, is it fame, Is because it, it's certainly not that he just wanted to do it one more time uh, it might just proved that fame is the most addictive drug of all and he just had to go out there one more time and get that fixed once more so who wrestling today is going to hang on way too long who's going to have blanks last match some like 10 20 30 years mm-hmm. that will be such an absolutely pathetic display much like the flare one now some people you know might want to say theory and honestly i don't think he last that long that he would have a, i think he's going to screw up i think fame's going to go to his head uh i've seen matt hardy doing it i've seen matt hardy uh he's already pretty much there now but uh really in 10 20 however many years have an absolutely embarrassing display uh so that's my question for the week i'm gonna try to still get better thank you guys uh, you gave me a lot of entertainment this week
1: Good to see that you're feeling a little bit better, Kevin. And it uh, a very good question. I like this. I was Matt Hardy is a very good example of somebody who will absolutely stay around too long. Uh, one can say he's already done that. Um, I, I, he just doesn't have the legend status that Ric Flair had. So I'm trying to think of like a top, top guy yeah. who would stick around way too long. Like I can see WWE putting Goldberg out there into his 60s as long as he's still reasonably looks like he looks, you know, like he's Goldberg is an old man, but he still looks like he can kick all over our asses. So I can see them doing this uh, for a little bit while longer. Uh, I don't know. Who, what do you think, Joe?
0: I love the idea of Matt Hardy that Kevin mentioned. Like I said, glad you're feeling better. Um, his match at Christian on dynamite this week was better than it had any right to be, but the new gear and the new look for Matt Hardy was real bad. Mm. Um, ugh, I don't know. So, so it's tough because, like, obviously Kevin was thinking of like, you know, more guys that are currently active today, right? He's
1: thinking of like who's like in their prime right now that you can speculate would stick around too long, you know? So, um,
0: and again, I so my immediate thoughts is we're going to see another flare match. I guarantee we're going to see another Undertaker match before he dies. Like he retired and they gave him the big send off for the hall of fame. He's 1000% wrestling again. Okay. Yeah. No ifs, ands or buts about it. Who has a sickness? Cause that's what that is. That's what this is. That's what Ric Flair has. Roddy Piper talked about it in his book. Roddy Piper talked about it in promos. It's a sickness when you're a wrestling fan or when you're a wrestler, especially if you're a guy that came up in like the seventies and eighties, and, you know, it was just different then. And then you continue on to the 90s, into the 2000s, it's a sickness. You're constantly chasing that 70s and 80s high of that crowd response, that action,
1: that moment, you know? I You know, I, I want to stop you there and just say that I get what you're saying. And, and you can say that uh, Mick Foley wrestling, you know, in TNA and stuff like that, that's because of the sickness. But I think with Ric Flair, it's because of the brokenness. You know, I, I don't think he had the sickness there. I think he just fucking needed the money or wanted the money. But go ahead. Now, another part of it is, is that
0: guys wrestle much longer and live much longer than they did even back in like the 80s, 90s and 2000s. Right. Uh-huh. You know, you had guys that they would get to be 40 and they would be considered old and be done with. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, there's always the thing that they talk about, whatever Halloween havoc it was where it was Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper and WF would make fun of it, saying that it was age in the cage. And both of them at the time were, I think, like 42 or 43.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were younger than like AJ Styles is right now. Okay. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to say Edge. Hmm. I think you're okay. going to see another 10 plus year run out of Edge.
1: You know what? And I, I don't want this to sound like a bad thing. But when you mention like the sickness and you use edge as an example, somebody who had a long period of his his career robbed from him, right? I can say Danielson, I can picture Danielson wanting to wrestle way past when he should just cause he, he legit loves it. He's not, uh, granted, I'm sure he's paid very well, but I, I believe Danielson wrestling for too long because of the love more than I picture Ric Flair doing it.
0: Hmm. I could see Danielson being a 60 year old wrestler. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like long past the farewell match, you know, wrestling. uh, And I know I'm not wishing this on him, but I could picture him wrestling in front of 50 people because he just wants to, you know? So, So, okay. Now that's the thing. I don't think he's at a point
0: unless he does something like really fucked up to like alienate himself. But if whatever runs out in AEW for whatever reason, he's got like another four to five year run in in Japan. And when he's done there, he's got another four to five year run in, in Mexico. Yeah. And after that, he's got another four to five year run in wherever, right?
1: Yeah. I'm um, talking about the, the, when he's way too old to be wrestling, but still wrestling at some like Shindy.
0: Uh, I, so that's the thing. I don't think he'll end up at a Shindy. I think he's too big of a star to end up there.
1: He but if might you're, be- if you're 65 years old, and you shouldn't be wrestling and no real promotion will book you because they're worried about your safety but like joe bob will will book you in a freaking roadhouse you know so i i completely get what you're
0: saying and I, i i hate that i'm like coming off as contradictory but i think because of danielson's name um he will have an old man run in japan yeah. Um. Like just right now as we talk about it, one of Ed's favorite wrestlers, and we'll get Ed here on the blower momentarily.
1: Like Great Muda. Okay. Uh huh.
0: Great Muda. Or, Muda's or be...
1: as as Fonzie calls him, the fabulous Muda. The fa- Well, he was fabulous.
0: <laughs> um. Just as an example, Great Muda is going to be sixty this year. Okay. Yeah. And he's just now having his final five matches. I could absolutely see twenty years from now. Danielson having a 60-year-old man run in Japan. Yeah. Because I'm Um, sure he'll
1: be in great shape. You know, he's not going to be a guy who's going to have a fucking pot belly, you know? Right. And there's other guys, like, that wrestle into their mid to late
0: 50s that had big careers, whether it be in Japan or, like, a taste of success in America or Mexico. There's luchadors that, like, wrestle into their, like, like, mid to late 60s. So... Danielson might have that, like, you know, West Virginia indie run, but I could absolutely see him ending his career as an old man in Japan or Mexico, like at 65 years old, like 25 years from now, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I like that. That's a a good example.
0: I like that that idea. And and I'll be honest with you, I'll be here for every single one of those matches.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he'll be like the new murder grandpa. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome.
0: Next call.
4: Well... That week, the week of the gathering of the Juggalos, <laughs> will be taking part in today's events and tomorrow's. And um, I guess all I can say is, you know, the Insane Clown Posse are such a vital part of wrestling history, especially with JCW. Tell me some of your favorite Insane Clown Posse moments <laughs> in terms of wrestling. This is the strongest man in all the land, if you haven't guessed. By oh, now. Okay, okay, there we go talking in a rather serious tone you know when you're a champ you gotta take things more seriously you know what i'm saying <laughs> no not really but uh, that's all i got you guys have a blessed week and uh whoop, whoop.
1: <laughs> i was a little worried that Artie was violating the rules of uh calling in on a voicemail but uh, he identified himself at the end um I will just say, and again, one-third of the Tag Team Champions, thanks for calling in. Uh, I appreciate the fact that Artie did not uh, cause me any great physical harm when I tried to abscond (laughs) with his AIW tag belt. Uh, He got it back eventually. Um, I will just say, because I did not watch that that Insane Clown Posse Japanese redub thing until we did it for show homework, so I don't have any old... uh, old biases or love for Insane Clown Posse. But I think that the thing in wrestling that that sticks in my mind is them doing like Vampiro's theme in WCW because I fucking love that song. I made you play that at the end of a podcast a long time ago. A long time ago, yeah. yeah. So that's like my Insane Clown Posse wrestling memory is just loving that theme song. I
0: I got tons, man. Um, You you can have one. (laughs) Okay. So the thing that I associate Insane Clown Posse with um the most is when i was regularly attending ecw shows in the 90s like 95 to 98 and it would always be like a group of folks that would go sometimes it would be like you know two of us or sometimes it'd be like six of us crammed into a car right Mm. but the always constants were me and my brother tony and my brother tony loved icp he was into them you know way before like they broke on the national stage right Mm-hmm. And when we would take these car trips, you know, we would alternate who got to listen to what music. Again, this is 1995, 1996. I had a Walkman, a Discman, that I had this, the the cassette adapter that I would put in. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, what I remember is with, whenever it was Tony's turn to pick the music, and he would always pick the the ICP music. And yeah. I just like there's certain ICP songs that I hear. You know, 25 years later, 20, you know, 24, 25 years later, and I remember where I was driving on 95 to, like, an ECW show. You know, there's just something about, like, the music and the connection to it. And there's tons of other stuff that ICP have done. You know, the the bit that we do with the Amazon read with the cut of the fucking money is from Stranglemania. Um, I would never call myself a juggalo. I would never call myself (laughs) a fan of their music. Uh, But I think I'm fans of them and like what they have done with their fandom and that they've always been wrestling fans.
1: Yeah, no, that is something that it is true that they've been big fans. Um, And I, I will just say, Derek, the guy who called in earlier, um... He sent me, like, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, like, an ICP mix CD to try to get me hooked on it. But uh, also, didn't one of them fall on their head off of that 70s bus on, like, a WCW pay-per-view? Like, he Uh, slipped over? So, it was an episode of Nitro.
0: It was them uh, in a handicap match against that 70s guy, Mike Awesome. (laughs) And this is when Mike Awesome was driving the Partridge family bus
1: into the building. Yeah, yeah.
0: So it's him and Violent or uh, Shaggy Two Dope, and they're fighting on top of the uh, bus,
1: which is like a sloped, rounded top to it.
0: He gives Shaggy the Awesome Bomb, and like as Shaggy hits and he's selling, he starts to slide off the side (laughs) of the bus, and Mike Awesome, real quick, tries to grab him by the foot to save him, and I think all it did was just kind of swing him so they landed directly on his head. (laughs)
1: Oh, that that just sticks out in my memory as being, like, one of the scariest things. And like you said, Mike Awesome, shoot, trying to help him and just yep. to no avail. Oh, all right. Yeah, all right. I'm coming around on ICP.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, Artie. Thank you, Artie. Have fun. And be careful that close to that many clowns. I don't want you getting joker-fied out there.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, all all right, right. Pink button time?
0: Pink button time.
5: Hey, don't Adam. it's Ed. Um, nice seeing you guys this last weekend. If you're curious, I have recovered from my sunburn, and I am uh, a nice, I would say, Rick Rude tan. I will go Rick Rude. (laughs) Um, nothing like obnoxious, like a Hogan, but it's definitely some color. Um, anyway, so, you know, news today on Wrestling Twitter broke, and it's, it's good to see that uh, somebody's keeping the tradition and alive in uh, wrestling of promoters being creepy, watching their uh, talent sleep. Um, I feel like I spoke this into existence because I have made many jokes over the last couple of weeks about David Flair and Victor Kionis. <laughs> uh, Joe uh, explain that to Adam after this, if you would like. Um, but I'm just wondering,
2: what's
5: what's your guys' favorite like wrestling? Uh, lore or like story, like you know, a sleazy one like Mr. Kiyotos and David player because that's clearly mine. I just, I it's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. Man, message boards ruined me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, I can't wait to hear answers. Uh, okay, bye.
1: <laughs> uh, Joe, I'm just gonna defer to you on this one because I feel like you have. Millions of good examples of just terrible things that people in wrestling have done, and I, I I forget them right after I hear them to be honest with you.
0: Do you know the Victor Keones David Flair story that Ed is intimating to?
1: uh let me ask you a, a question first uh who is Victor Kiones? uh i'll show
0: I'll show you since I have it on screen share. <laughs> Uh, but no, I
1: know who David Flair is.
0: That's Victor Quiñones right there.
1: Okay, I, I I thought that that was words. I, that Well,
0: it is words, but it's also Victor Keonez. um It's
1: all coming together now.
0: <laughs> so he is someone who has quite a lore to him in the world of professional wrestling. Um, obviously, he did things with Wing in Japan. He did stuff in Puerto Rico. There's rumor. And again, a lot of this stuff is rumor. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, unfounded or whatever, there's rumor that he's Gorilla Monsoon's son. Okay. uh, Like, illegitimate son, like, out-of-wedlock son, which, again, back in, like, the 50s and 60s, that was very frowned upon. Sure. Um, he may or may not have been uh, an open or closeted homosexual man. Um, he would use his power and influence in the world of professional wrestling to attempt to take advantage of people for pushes um and obviously it's a different time but you know the stories come out in the early 2000s um the late 90s early 2000s and everyone laughs about them but now when you see everything kind of laid out you're like okay he might have been like a monster like a real bad person you know Mm -hmm. so very short story uh (laughs) when David Flair was attempting to do a run in wrestling after WCW got bought out he was at Performance center, early, whatever that would be, like pre ovw you know, wrestling in a garage in Stamford, Connecticut for WWF. Yeah. Okay. So, to get him some more rep- rep- uh, reputation, uh, uh, repetition as a wrestler, they sent him to Puerto Rico because they have the connection with Puerto Rico through Victor. Uh, David Flair is staying at Victor's house, and then ver- David Flair very quickly comes home stating that it was uh, poor living conditions. Okay, and then pretty much was out of the business. Now, the rumor is that David Flair in the middle of the night woke up to find Victor Keone standing over him with his dick in his hand. And again, if that's, you know, if that's not your thing, I would say that's the definition of unsafe uh, living uh, or unsatisfactory living conditions, right? Yeah. Uh, now, there's all sorts of greasy and grimy sex stuff that's happened in the world of professional wrestling. Everything from dildo blenders to, co- to glass coffee tables. Um, but my personal favorite is the Honky Tonk Man, where in 1987, Vince wanted to put the Intercontinental title back on Macho Man. And Honky Tonk Man refused a job to rent. 1987, Randy Savage. And essentially said, "You know, and this is you know, if you believe Honky Tonk Man, you believe the stories, whatever it is, uh honky Tonk Man essentially said to Vince, If Vince wants the title back, he can come home. He can come to my house and take it off my mantelpiece, right? Okay, uh, now they continue to book Honky Tonk Man. Uh he continues to be the longest reigning intercontinental champion still to this day. And they changed plans and they put the world title on Macho Man, allegedly because Honky Tonk Man refused a job to him. Now, uh, again, obviously, if he says this to Vince and there was threat that he was gonna jump to WCW as the Intercontinental Champion and all this other crazy shit, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you believe that stuff or not, um I believe like any time, especially from that era. Where somebody says, like, come to my house and get blank, like a title belt or whatever it is. Yeah. And especially nowadays, but, like, I love hearing the stories from back in those days of people refusing to do jobs for other people. Like, I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago, with like, Ahmed Johnson's trajectory, that, like, he's pretty much done in WWF when he refuses to do a job to Kurgan. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Whereas I feel as though If Honky Tonk Man really did Refuse to do a job to Macho Man They would have just fucking fired him Um, Instead of continuing To book him like strong To strong-ish for the next three years
1: Yeah um, or, or send him out there was back in the day Where you can get away with sending him out there Against somebody that can just stretch him Yeah, you know, and legit take the title off of him
0: Right, Um. so like I still love the, fa- like, and there's so many things that disprove that story from happening. But I love the fact that, that to this day, you know, some, however many years on that it is, that that story is still taken as like 100% gospel. Like, yep, honky-tonk man absolutely held up Vince, told him to come to the house and take the Intercontinental Championship. And then Vince continued to book him strong for another three years. Um. <laughs> So I'm like, uh eh, it doesn't really work out, but, like, the story is better than, like, what the actuality is sometimes, you know?
1: Yeah. All right, cool. And Do you uh, have
0: one like that, or am I just... Uh...
1: <laughs> I wanted you to talk, but you, you brought it to my memory when you mentioned Macho Man and the, you were talking about salacious things. I'll just say uh, the rumors of uh, Macho Man and Stephanie. <laughs> it All right, jumps out as go. being something awful that, that jumps out at me.
0: I think Stephanie should come out now that Macho Man's been dead, and if she really wants to, like, impress the internet fan base, she just needs to come out and say, yeah, I had sex with the Macho Man when I was 12, or whatever, you know?
1: (laughs) Oh, Jesus, yeah. Or whatever, right? Yeah, fair
0: enough. Uh, So thanks, everyone, for calling in. Uh, You know, we don't plug the number on the show enough. I know Adam sends out the tweet of it, and uh, I have the number around here somewhere. Uh, 570-846-0897, uh, call in with questions, comments, weekly purchases, whatever it is that you want. Uh, the information will be in the show notes, of course, at every single one of the episodes that go up online. Um, it's up on the social media accounts as well. And, uh... You could also help out the show through Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, aka independentwrestling.tv. Uh, there's a bunch of shows going on this weekend taking place in the greater Tennessee area. Um, it, new subscribers use the promo code at odds. And if you keep your subscription, we get a little bit of a kickback uh, the longer you stay with them. So that's much appreciated. Uh, you can head over to our T Public store housed through the mothership slash longboxheroes. Um, no sale this week. Next week is the thirty-five percent off sale, uh, and you get stuff inspired by this show. Uh, you know, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, hit my music, and of course, Fig
1: Daddy Cool. <laughs> and how about the new uh the new Ad Odds logo? That uh, hopefully very soon, I'll figure out a way to upload that to T Uh,
0: you need to have you need to send it over to Ken Cannon so he could turn it into like a transparent PNG, whatever the fuck that means.
1: Yeah, no, I got you. All right. And, but, and then uh, we could
0: yeah, and then we could put it up on uh the T public thing, you know.
1: Yeah, I think that'll knock the the fig daddy cool shirt out of number 1. That's a hot shirt. <laughs> For sure.
0: <laughs> and another way, of course, that you can help us out is making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link. Uh does not cost you anything extra. They Amazon call it an advertising fee. I call it thing that makes Adam happy uh when he get at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Uh, notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include uh, the Supai 100 Watt 4 Foot USB C to USB C Cable, fast charge nylon braided Type C cable with <laughs> LED display for iPad Air, iPad Air Pad Pro, MacBook Pro, Samsung Galaxy 21 uh, S21, S10, S9 Plus, and the cord is black.
1: <laughs> what if i have an s22 i guess it won't work they didn't do no, it in i the guess algorithm. it won't work that's right yeah uh, that, that's uh, their fault
0: <laughs> well somebody else also purchased a 30 watt usb-c car charger two-pack pd 3.0 fast charge dual port usb type c and 2.4a usb a <laughs> cargador lighter, caro lighter C A R R O lighter i don't know adapter yeah. bases for iphone ipad samsung galaxy lg google pixel gps z play droid whatever the hell that is and motorola
1: oh all right z plays were the droids that, that you could snap additional mods to the back like you can attach a speaker to it or a battery and i only know this because of my importer exporter days but,
0: uh, mm-hmm. I don't
1: know. and you have a Motorola. So that might've been, Ooh, I don't know. Somebody might've been getting you a gift, Joe.
0: Oh, maybe
1: <laughs> you ruined it <laughs> because, right.
0: because I, because I got my latest phone through, uh, other means. I didn't do like the update through Verizon. Verizon uh, still thinks I have my old phone on the plan and I yeah. keep getting information telling me to take the old phone off the plan. I'm like, it already is. Leave me alone. <laughs>
1: Fair enough, but you'll ride that one until the wheels fall off, so it's all good for sure. All right, uh, other things you should ride into the wheels fall off, Joe, are these other podcasts, and those podcasts are Long Box Heroes, Long Box Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Hit My Music, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, WWE War Wrestling, Cheers, IWTV Guide, Pod Van Dam. Ed, let me know if I'm allowed to call in. I might call in this week. Uh, Everyone, uh, everyone's
0: allowed to call in again, and you don't have to ask Ed. You have to ask Jonas or me, ooh. and I say you to call in.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would ask Jonas on the air. He don't listen, but uh, wings on wings between the sheets, and that's it for plugs because I'm not plugging the A show. I talked to Artie, and uh, still not sure if I'm going to face him on the A show. I don't know if I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze, as they say. But uh, that's it for plugs.
0: All right. Well, if it's that's it for plugs, it's time for Adam's favorite segment of the show. Money, 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 money.
1: Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the hundred dollar Vansky. And your figures will be bought. ha ha ha. Joe, I just want to say for our listeners, uh, when we were doing the live show uh, at AIW, at the Geek Fest, we were not putting the audio back in in post. Like, we were playing that live to the crowd. Yeah. And if you want to see a more confused and blank look on people's faces than when that <laughs> jingle was playing, like, to these random folks sitting in the grandstand just waiting for a hardcore tournament to play, uh, I don't think they appreciated the bit. Those that don't know. <laughs>
0: that's okay I loved it I didn't want to comment like I so I wanted to comment on how awkward it was when we played it live Uh, but I think it was better just to let it linger and let people (laughs) just like have that like question in their minds for the rest of their (laughs) lives
1: like years from now like they'll hear the the million dollar man uh, jingle or they'll hear just randomly they might have a buddy turn on the major wrestling figure podcast and hear broski doing it and they'll be like Did did they copy this off of another podcast? (laughs) Like just not knowing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, Joe. Um, I I know this is going to sound very weird, but I don't have a lot of purchases. What? And and I'm not even joking here. I do have a little bit of housekeeping uh, of just some things I want to talk about. And uh, I do have some purchases, but uh, I did not order a single figure off the Internet this week. (gasps) No pre-orders, no regular orders, no Funko Pops. I do have purchases, but uh, no figs. I don't know. I guess it is the year of financial responsibility. (laughs) Listen, it only took seven months to get here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so uh, just real quick, not purchase-related, but I mentioned last week that I was on the fence whether or not I wanted to keep my Supreme Cody Rhodes figure. Uh, I got that in the mail today. It is awesome. I am definitely keeping it. So I just wanted to say that on the air. And I don't know if you saw in the major pod group, but a lot of people who who had waited a year, myself included, uh, for the Amazon exclusive Hulk Hogan Ultimate Edition. uh, Those went up for pre-order originally in August of 2021. Um, They were supposed to ship this week. Uh, A lot of people got delays uh, and pretty much everybody else got cancellations. <laughs> uh, I am fortunately in the delayed pile. Uh, uh, Derek, my friend that called in earlier, uh, is in the cancellation pile. That's um, Yeah. So, uh, again, an entire year that the Amazon held people to just be like, oh, don't worry, you'll get them next year. And then to make all those people wait a year uh just to go ahead and cancel them though like literally the day that those orders were supposed to ship um it is just fucking dirty um uh, this is not in my my angry section of the podcast but it's just in the housekeeping um uh, but like i said i i was lucky that at least so far knock on wood uh mine was just delayed but if you are in the group that was getting your order canceled supposedly if you call them bitch to amazon they give you 150 bucks because that's what the third-party sellers are selling that figure for so oh. supposedly they're giving you store credit to cover you purchasing the figure at the uh, sucker's premium
0: oh that's okay yeah i, I mean honestly that's shocking to say the least
1: yeah, um, and I guess it's all a matter of just how you talk to the customer service person, you know, as is all things. But uh, that's a lot of people saying success uh, in the group, just being like pointing out the fact that hey, this is an Amazon exclusive, so I cannot go anywhere else to buy it but Amazon.
2: Yeah,
1: and uh, you have resellers selling it for one hundred and fifty dollars on your site, so I want that figure that I was promised a year ago. Uh, so Amazon's giving a lot of people one hundred fifty bucks. So wow, uh, you know, hey. Worst things to happen, but
0: I was gonna this, say a, a rare positive to come out of the uh the toy group,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but as it stands now, mine is supposed to ship on Monday, and somebody supposedly in the toy group talked to a customer service person who says, uh, if your order has not yet been canceled, it's not getting canceled. Oh, it, hey. They, and that they have enough to fulfill outstanding non-canceled orders for whatever it's worth. So we'll see next week. By this point next week, uh, I'll either have one or I'll be trying to get my 150
0: fifty. I'm Fingers crossed for you, my good
1: man. Yep. All right, before I get into any purchases, Joe, did you buy anything?
0: I did, actually. So uh, if you remember about a year or so ago, uh, I had to upgrade because I used my Xbox 360 as like my streaming center for stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Microsoft contacted me and said, like, hey, you still have an Xbox 360, old man. A lot of the streaming services aren't going to work on it anymore, so we're going to cut you a deal. Like, here's this coupon. Go buy an Amazon Fire Stick. Uh, and essentially, with this coupon, it's free. Yep,
1: So yeah, I remember that. Right.
0: So you helped me kind of get that set up because I'm an old I man know. when it comes to technology. I helped you uh, optimize it to its best potential. Exactly. <laughs> and... When we got it, like, the remote is, like, this tiny little remote that has, like, five buttons on it, essentially, right?
2: hmm
0: And my kid is the one who typically watches it all the time. And we never have a time when we're not out there watching TV where I have to tell him to stop messing around with the back cover for the battery, right?
1: Yeah, it's like a little fidgety thing, you know? Yes.
0: So, uh, that thing is dead. That battery cover does not stay on, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it never fails, because, again, when we go out there, we watch a movie... The lights are off, we get the ambience, everyone's relaxing, and then it's time. No one can find the the stupid remote. And then when you find the remote, it's in two pieces, or multiple pieces, because the battery cover fell off, and the batteries are out. So you gotta find all that and put it all together, right? Yeah. So I went, I bought uh, those, like, rubberized... Um, like, like silicone? Yeah, the silicone uh, glow-in-the-dark covers for it. Uh, I got a pack of two, it was a green one and a blue one, I think it was like six bucks. Uh, so one, it'll keep the battery cover on, and then two, I'll never have to hear somebody bitch and complain that they can't find the remote because it'll be glowing in the dark.
1: (laughs) That is an an option there. One thing I will tell you, uh, a couple years ago, uh, Todd was over. We were watching something on the Fire Stick, and I could not find the remote. I think it fell, like, through the cushions or something, and I discovered in that moment that you can get an app that Amazon has for your phone to use your phone as a remote for the fire stick so if you ever get to the point where your fire stick just completely the remote dies or you lose it uh look into that option absolutely thank you uh, yeah no problem so joe uh kind of figure related but not a figure thing um i i may or may not often buy a lot of micro brawlers that is something that we talk about a lot yeah and they are just kind of all over my toy room just on random shelves wherever i can fit them and it's getting disorganized. So I went and bought at Walmart just uh, one of those plastic filing cabinets with the clear drawers. You ever see those? They're like 12 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, you know, people keep their documents or whatever into it. And I, I bought one of those and uh, filled it up with micro brawlers. So all my micro brawlers are in one place.
0: I got those, uh, you know, the Defenders for them. They're going to be going up on the wall here any day now. Yeah,
1: I, I have only a couple autographed ones in Defenders. For the most part, they're not, and I just have too many of them to ever display. So I just I, I like that fact that they're all in one place now and kind of organized, you know? For sure. Um, Not figure-related, but uh, because, Joe, we are in the Golden Age of Azrael, this past week at your local comic shop, uh, two different Azrael books came out with a total of six different covers between the two of them. So uh, they know what moves books, Joe. And unfortunately, our local comic shop was unable to accommodate me with getting some of the variant covers. Uh, but eBay, my friend Edward Bay was able to help me out. So I did order off of eBay the 1 in 25 variant cover, as well as the 1 in 50 foil Joe Cassada covers. Um, I was going to wait to get a CGC, of the one in 50, but I saw it for a really good price. So I just jumped on it.
0: That was going to be my next question is uh CG. What's the CGC status on these?
1: Uh Well, I mean, honestly, the book just hit stores this past Tuesday. So nobody's going to have one graded in their hands. Even if they pay for an express, it's going to take at least a month. Right. You know? So uh, I might be picking up a, a CGC of this like six months from now. I still want one because I love Joe Casada, I love Azrael, and I love foil gimmick covers. So mm-hmm. it's a perfect storm for me. Um, but uh, I just wanted to—I was getting anxiety that I didn't own that one in fifty cover, uh, and I knew I eventually would. But it was just one of those things that is like I had to have it my collection.
0: Of course you did, and then you're enabling other people to buy more stuff, and then people are enabling you.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a vicious circle. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thing, and then I'll send it over to you. I bought on AIW's merch site. Uh, despite my best efforts to try to find a Good Brother discount code, uh, yeah. I was unable to do that, and I paid full-blown retail, like a goddamn commoner off the streets. But I bought an AIW hat, uh, the one with the pink brim. I really like that hat, and uh, I don't like the trucker hat that I currently have, so I needed to upgrade. Yeah, I tried, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, the boss
0: and his money are hard to part with. I'll just say that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no problem. But uh, I like that hat. It's the one that uh, I think even even the boss was wearing that at uh, the, the hardcore show. But uh, I, I like hats. I'm bald. I need to cover my head. So I picked that up. The boss John or the boss mantis? Oh, the boss John. The boss oh, no. mantis has the same hat that I have.
0: Right, right.
1: All right, Joe, do you have anything else? I do.
0: Uh, Again, I have a purchase, not a physical, tangible item, uh, but I was about 10 months off a haircut. If you saw me at the Great Lakes show, (laughs) you saw a lot of hair sticking out from underneath my hat. Like, I do a good deal where I push it all back, and that's the thing my wife hates because she says when I wear my hat, it really looks like I have a mullet. When I don't have a mullet, I have, like, I had the same length long hair, right? Yeah. Um, and we had a wet, we have a wedding coming up this Saturday, uh, the wedding that we went to in Aruba back in March. This is like the back home version for all the people that couldn't come to Aruba, right?
1: Oh, so you're going twice? Yes. Do you have to do two gifts? No. Okay, good. I was going to say, that's a fucking opportunity. Hey, it's a great kidding.
0: <laughs> um, so I was, I, the ultimatum came down that I need to have a haircut by Saturday, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, or you get the hose <laughs> right so th- there was a place that i would go to the like the last like two or three times that i got a haircut the only place that they could get me in was saturday like literally like two o'clock and the wedding was at five so it was going to be cutting it like super duper close right mm-hmm. so i'm like oh let me see what i could do around here there's two barber shops one that's been open like for like a year maybe like two blocks from me and then another one that just opened up recently with the last couple like months in the strip mall here by the Chinese place that I go to. So the one I go to walk over to it and like literally as I'm walking, I see them like turning the thing, like turning the lights off and turning the thing from open to closed. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, fuck. I go, let me go to the other one real quick. Let me see if they can get me in. I'm like, I'm like, you guys do walk ins. Yeah. I don't even look at the prices. Okay.
1: Yeah. So my kids, you're like, a fancy gentleman. You don't need to ask him. No, price. no.
0: It was just like, <laughs> it, this is important. And I know a man's haircut is like $30 these days, right? Okay. Again, you you know, you have a different hair situation going on. Yeah, I have no concept. I haven't paid for a haircut right. in t- 10 years. <laughs> right. So these days, I remember when I used to pay like $15 for a haircut, $17 for a haircut. And that was like three years ago. Now, low-end, everything is $30, okay?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So this guy gets me in his chair, and I'm getting the works, okay? Mm-hmm. He's putting, like, goop in my hair. He's getting the straight razor to edge up the sides of my hair. Then he puts, like, a ring of, like, this, this uh like, Vicks VapoRub shit, like, around my head. And I get the <laughs> hot towel treatment. And then he's like edging up the side of my beard along my face. And like, I'm in the chair for like an hour. Right. Yeah. And afterwards, like the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm a new person. They've never seen me before. So they're going to try to fleece me for every fucking thing that's on there. Right.
1: Yeah. It's like, they trimmed your nails. They cleaned your teeth. They gave you a flea collar.
0: (laughs) So Right. Right. And even like afterwards when we left, I looked at, like, the list of the prices and stuff, um, and even my kid said to me, he's like, I thought it was going to be a lot more, because I was, he goes, I was watching what they were doing to you, and I was looking at the list of prices, I'm like, (laughs) they did that, they did that, they did that. that." Smart kid. Right, and he's like, I thought it was going to be a lot more, and I honestly thought it was going to be a lot more. It was only 45 bucks.
1: Okay, and you had a little spa day.
0: Yeah, it was like a little unexpected spa day, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, as much as I don't like any sort of like adulation or attention or anything toward me, I don't like pampering myself or treating myself to nice things. Mm -hmm. I feel as though that's wasteful because I don't care how I look or feel. Like I'm getting a haircut because my wife doesn't want me to look like a homeless person when we go to this (laughs) wedding. Right. Yeah, I don't care. Now I will say when I got home, I and listen uh, these shows it's warts and all whatever it is right um I got home and like you know if you've seen what I look like my beard is kind of like it's not like styled in a certain way it's just that's the way my beard grows right
1: yeah and who are like, you to say otherwise you know
0: <laughs> right and this guy like edged up and like rounded off and made it look like clean and nice my beard
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I was like freaking out like I'm like I hate it it looks horrible I'm going to shave my beard off. And I'm like, oh, I can't shave my beard off because then, like, you'll be able to see my big, giant, fat face. And that's why I have a beard to hide my fat face. And I was, like, literally having, like, a crisis over it when I came home from the barber barbershop.
1: Uh-huh. Um, well, what, what did the wife think? She
0: likes it. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's all that really matters. I don't look at myself in the mirror. I don't give a fuck what I look like. She cares what I look like. She says it looks nice. It looks nice.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. That's all that matters.
0: But before we started recording... Uh, I had pulled up a bunch of different sites because this place doesn't have, like, a website or a Facebook. They have an Instagram. And because my hair was so long, they asked if they could take, like, a before and after picture of what my hair looked like.
1: Oh, shit.
0: And I Let's said, yeah, it. sure. But it's as of this recording, it's not up on their Instagram yet.
1: Oh, when you get that, you got to send it to me and I'll put it out on the show account.
0: <laughs> I will. 100% I will. When it's up there, I'll put it out. But I, I, I'm going to, I'd like to think that they looked at me and they're like, yeah, we're going to humor this guy and take a picture. We're <laughs> going to put it up there to make him feel good about himself. But like I said, I did check when I came home, wasn't up there. And I checked right before we started recording um, and it wasn't up there. So
1: All right, well, fingers crossed. I'm, I want to see this, this glam up that you had. <laughs> yeah. Lamb up. <laughs> All right, Joe, a couple more purchases. Oh uh, my goodness. Well again, no, I'm almost done. Right. Um uh, I remember how I said uh during San Diego's reveals that I am done ordering figures from ringside as a pre order because if it's an exclusive it's never going to sell out. It'll be there for years. Just wait, you know, and if it's not an exclusive, the price is just going to come down or I'm going to find it in the wild. You remember that? Yes. So I am living by those rules. So I said to myself, I'm not pre-ordering ultimate figures through ringside anymore uh, because they charge like 40 bucks and yeah, they get them quicker. But if you wait, the price will go down, it'll go down, it'll go down. They have ultimates on their website for under 30 Uh, If you're looking for a Ric Flair Memorial Ultimate, they're like $23 now. So there's no reason to rush. And the reason why I got at, uh, I'm mentioning this, is I found in the wild this week at Target, uh, the Ultimate Series 13, uh, Coke, Coked Out Hulk Hogan, and Mr. T. Uh, so I picked those up at retail price.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, I am not an Ultimate Completist anymore. uh, For now. No, I am skipping the Jeff Hardy uh, that's in the next line. Uh, It's Jeff Hardy and Roman Reigns. I'm just going to buy the Roman Reigns. I don't want the Jeff. I am no longer an Ultimate Completist. I threw the second version of The Fiend uh, like the that in the costume that you wore for like an hour. Uh, I threw that in my first sale pile. Uh, I am not a completist when it comes to ultimates. I'm a completist when it comes to Supremes, Joe, but I'm not for ultimates anymore. Um, uh, but those those are the only wrestling figures I bought all week, and it was only because I found them in a store at retail. Yay, Adam. <laughs> but good. Uh my last purchase, Joe.
0: And again, I'll just say with the Ultimates, we'll see. I have a feeling this will change at some point.
1: That I'm going to go back to being a completist? Yes. Well, see, the problem is I will never be a completist because I will never pay up. I will never spend $100 plus on a Ronda Rousey. I will never spend $100 plus on an Ultimate Warrior or Charlotte Flair or another Rock. Maybe that Bret Hart, if the right situation happened, I would buy that. But right there, that's four ultimates that I will never, ever, ever own. So what's the point of being a completist, like, going forward? Like, if I don't have a Bret Hart that I would kind of want, I'm not going to buy a Jeff Hardy. You know, I'm not going to buy, you know, I don't know. Whatever's What if you find there. the Jeff Hardy out in the wild? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I, uh, we'll see. But I, I, no, I don't think so because I have to make cuts because I am... So fucking out of room in my toy room. I can't just buy everything. Uh, and like we're at the point where it's not, the money's not an issue. It's the space. And yeah. uh, I just can't. So I have to make cuts and that's, that's what I'm going to do. All right. We'll see. I've, I, my rules are getting stricter, but when you're, my, when you're building the wing onto the house
0: to accommodate the <laughs> ultimates, we'll revisit this conversation.
1: <laughs> yeah, we might have to. All right. But my last purchase, Joe, And this was actually in the Tuesday night card club on the the major Facebook group, whatever. And it was actually a card that I had only heard tales of it existing. I had never actually seen a photograph. And I had never seen an eBay comp sale of it. Because I I have eBay alerts set up for it and it never comes up. Or at least set for, like, cards of this type. Um, But they never pop up. And this is one of those things that if I saw this on eBay and somebody was like, uh, 50 bucks, buy it now. I would be like, well, I guess that's a good price. Cause I've never seen one sell. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I have a-
0: nothing to compare it to. Sure. Exactly.
1: So somebody put this card up in that, that like card group and it was $10 shipped. And I was like, okay, uh, I am not questioning this. And I just sent it to you in a text message. Uh, but it is a 2007 tops. Card, it's from a line called Face Off, and uh, I've never heard of that before. But it is of a, a young Kurt Hawkins, and no, I'm sorry, I lied. It's from a young Brett and Brian Major.
0: Oh my goodness, looking at him with the smiling faces, and they're <laughs>
1: pointing, and they got their little <laughs> yellow tights on, yeah. So I think I told you before, like a couple weeks ago, when I bought those poker chips that I just have a net cast out for any major brothers merchandise. Cause there's not much, there's like maybe three cards and the chips and some other random tchotchkes. Uh, so I have never actually seen this card before. And it's been like, this type of thing has been in my safe search for a long time. So when I saw it for $10 shipped, I was like, well, fuck yeah, I'm jumping on this.
0: Right, and again, like I said, you know, obviously something you've never seen before. You are tangentially a card guy, so. Yeah. um, You know, and that'd be something, um, uh, that'd be something to uh, get signed by the boys, you know?
1: See, I, I would never do that. I think we've talked about this before. I would never have something rare or hard to replace ruined with an autograph. I'm of the mindset that if I want their autograph, I can get uh, a 10 cent 8 by 10 signed, you know. All right. Uh, It's just like the same thing. It's like I would never have a super expensive old Marvel comic signed by Stan Lee. You're damaging the comic book in my eyes, you know. Sure. Yeah. But uh, maybe sent out for grading and see what it looks like when it comes in. You know, I can't imagine there being a very high population report for this card.
0: Yeah, especially it's like something that you have never heard of or seen of before, you know?
1: Yeah, but we'll see when it comes in. But I, I'm happy about that, Joe. Um, I'm happy about that purchase. But there's a lot of things I'm not happy about, Joe. Things that Uh-oh. really piss me off. oh Uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry to to bring down the show at the very end Joe, but there's just some things that uh happened to me within the last 48 hours that I just really want to vent about. And they are they are doll adjacent. Are they from the group? No, they're not from the group, surprisingly enough. They're these are real life grievances, like in-person grievances. So, as you may know, I don't really do much these days other than, like, watch TV, record podcasts, and go on doll safaris. Uh, that's pretty much what I do every day. Right. Uh, I, w- I wake up at, like, 11 a.m. I get a coffee. Maybe I do porch talk. That that's That's pretty much me now. I watch baseball. But every once in a while, I'm like, all right, I'm bored with going to our local Targets. I'm bored with going to our local Walmarts. So I'm going to go on, like, a destination safari. And yesterday, I had nothing going on. So I decided I'm going to, rather than taking like, uh, uh, like an hour and a half round trip to Wilkes-Barre, I'm just going to take like a two and a half hour long round trip to Pandora's box in New Jersey. Okay. And again, no agenda. I was just like, I got nothing to do. I'm going to go down there and I'm going to look around for a little bit. And, uh, I think we talked about previously that the, the other time I went there, uh, I went on a day they were closed. I made sure that they were open today that day, Joe. So no problem there. Um, but I had said that I bought the Danhausen major bendy and I bought a a Brian Pillman Moxley two pack. So I made some purchases last time. Um, but this time I go down there, I look around, uh, there's maybe one other customer in the store. Uh, there's two employees. The one guy that was the there the last time I was there, and some other guy, and they're, you know, they're cleaning up, they're putting stuff away, they're pricing some stuff. I'm looking around the store. I see a couple things that kind of catch my eye. Nothing that I'm like, ooh, I need this, but I'm like, ah, maybe I might I could be I could be enabled into buying this, you know. Like uh if the 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 winds change in a different direction, I could be convinced or whatever, you know. But there's like maybe two or three things I liked. Uh, I think you've seen that, uh, I, I kind of have an affinity to knock off transformers like bootlegs. Uh, there was an inbox knockoff devastator that was called like engineering corpse. It was like <laughs> a mint, it was like a mint in box, like from the eighties, but it was clearly like a knockoff. And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, there was like a power of the force dark trooper figure that was maybe like 10 bucks more than eBay. But I was like, yeah, you're here. You know, if you pay a little bit more to help the the local business, but you want to know what pissed me off, Joe? (laughs) Yes. Uh, I walked up and down every aisle of that store, like maybe three times. And I was like looking through everything because I didn't want to miss anything and I had nothing else going down on. So I was there for a little bit more than an hour. And for most of that time, I was the only customer in that store. At no point did anybody even say hi to me. Really? Yeah. Or, hey, if I can help you find anything, let me know. Or, hey, what's going on? Or whatever. I'm not expecting you to recognize me from the last time I was there, like <laughs> a month ago. Uh, and I'm not even expecting you to acknowledge the fact that I'm an influencer in the toy community. <laughs> but I oh, couldn't say I couldn't say that with a straight face. But... Uh, Maybe I'm just spoiled from our local comic shop or even the new toy store that's in our area. But I was like to have somebody go up and down every aisle repeatedly and to be like really digging through the pegs and looking at stuff for over an hour and not even to be like, hey, man, what's up? Like that really stuck in my paw. Like I I was kind of pissed. And like I said, I was. I was probably, I'm going to say with 80% certainty, I was going to buy that Power of the Force Dark Trooper because it was cheap. And I was going to inquire about that Devastator, you know, just see if there's any wiggle room on the price, you know, but uh, we're talking, like I could have left there spending over two bills, but I was just kind of like, well, you guys are too fucking busy to say hi. So I, I left and I, I didn't buy anything. So were they this unfriendly the last time you were there? Uh I can't say because the last time I was there, as soon as I walked in, I saw that uh, uh, that Moxley Pillman two pack. Yeah. And I went I picked it up. I went right over to the counter and I was like, hey, man, do you mind if I put this here? Uh, Like, I I, I do want to buy this. So I started right off by like talking to them and like saying I was going to buy something. So I feel like I might have contaminated the, the experiment, you know, gotcha. So it's hard to say if the same thing would have happened, hmm. you know, And it's but, entirely possible that they were, I don't know, distracted with something else. It's just the point of it being like over an hour in the store, you know? No, I'm listen, I'm with
0: you. Our, our comic book store has spoiled me for pretty much any sort of other small mom and pop retailers. Yeah. Um, just because how good Dave and the rest of the crew are and welcoming and stuff. And you know, when there was a time when there was like three comic book shops in our area and now there's only one and for good cause, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, because the other ones were very unfriendly, and friendliness goes a long way when it comes to retail and that sort of thing. And, you know, take with this what you will. Um, could it also have been just because these are New Jersey people and that's typically <laughs> how they
1: are? <laughs> It's entirely possible. Like I, a lot of times I cannot get out of New Jersey fast enough. That's why the tolls do not charge you to go into Jersey. They only charge you to get out of Jersey. So it makes sense. That's true. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, good. Did you
0: post anything in regards to this in the group? Did you talk to anyone that's been there recently that has seen like a change in the customer service there?
1: No, I'm not going to do anything because in the group, uh, like I feel like it, they would rally to the defense of this store because sure. a, it's it's uh, they have links to the major pod in that like they did the all those whatnot purchases for that 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 opportunity broadcast they're going to do next week. Oh uh, yeah 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 sure. And uh, you know they have exclusive major bendies and I believe the owners in the Facebook group. So I'm like oh, no mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just complain about it on the podcast. Oh, okay. You know so but I mean again. Your experience might vary, and it could have been like a one-off thing. It's just that on that one occasion, it kept me from spending money. Yeah, uh, I'm, obvious- I'm one. I'm
0: uh, absolutely with you. You know.
1: Yeah. And, and like, it's not to say, oh, I'm never going to go there again. I absolutely will. You know, and friends of ours are going there uh, this weekend to see Bret Hart, you know, so it's uh, they will have their chance to win me back. But I just wanted to 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 complain at this moment, you know. Yeah. Hopefully our
0: friends that are going to see Mr. Hitman uh, get a chance to uh, listen to this before they go so they can get like a little just good kind of like a little warning in advance, you know.
1: Yeah. And I'd be curious. I mean, again, I'm sure it's going to be a completely different atmosphere because it will be chaos of a line, you know, for Brett, as opposed to the store being empty, you know, but we'll see. I'd like to hear their experiences. Right. Um, but, Joe, it doesn't end there. Oh, no, Adam. <laughs> so we had
0: such a good weekend going out to Ohio. I'm sorry. The last five days have ruined
1: it for you. Just just two days. Because today, Joe, I decided to give another toy store a chance, a different toy store. A toy store I've never been to, but surprisingly is in our neck of the woods. What? There is a toy store on the main street in Honesdale, PA. Okay. Which is like uh for me, like maybe 30 minutes away.
0: Okay. Sure. sure. And it's it's up north,
1: sure. Exactly. It's off the Casey Highway. So Uh, I have gone past that place a bunch of times because I've said every once in a while I am desperate for a fresh Walmart. So I'll go to the Honesdale Walmart (laughs) and I've driven past there and uh, a lot of times it's closed. It's, you know, uh, that's fine. Small shops have special weird hours, you know, so you might drive by there and it's like a Monday and oh, they're only open on the weekends or whatever. But I happen to. Uh, the last time I drove by kind of a make a note of when they are open. So I said to myself the next time, uh, I am free and I have nothing to do. I'm going to swing by and I'm going to check this place out because based on their Facebook page, it's a relatively big store. It's probably, uh, three times the size of comics on the green to give you. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, you know, whatever, I'm going to give it a shot. So I go there. Um, and, I just want to say right away, greeted by the staff, very nice, very friendly. All so already All right. All right, right we're in
0: the plus column.
1: Sure. Yep. And I'll just say that there, the stuff that's in the store, a couple things that are interesting, not a lot of stuff that's for me, but you know, that's just me. You know, you, you might find stuff there that you like, uh, other people might nothing for me, but I am not going to say the name of this store. Um, <gasps> but I will just say. Uh, There was more things in totes and in boxes than there were on display, but uh, that is what it is. But Joe, there was, uh, I don't know if you know this, it was about 97 degrees today. That's true. Uh, Zero air conditioning in this, (laughs) this very, this very old building. This is like right on the main street where like all the buildings are kissing against each other and everything's made of brick and old wood, you know? Yes. Uh, So no air conditioning. So right away I'm like, oh. I cannot spend much time in here. But again, not going to blame them, Joe. But I started to kind of smell something. Uh Uh-oh. And I'm like, what is that smell? And it's kind of a sweet smell, like a noxious smell. And I realized after I was there for about 10 minutes, that's fucking bug spray. Cause I've sprayed like spiders and stuff like that in my garage. And it's like that very foul, but sweet smell that kind of sticks with you for a little bit. And I'm like, it stinks of that. Like I cannot breathe. And I had to be like, all right, I'm sorry guys. I'll see you later. And just like walk out. Like, I I feel like they might've thought I stole something. I left so quick. So I get out of there and I'm like going home and I'm like, Oh my God, it's, it's still in my fucking nose. And I not even exaggerating hours later, I was like, I I have to like take my clothes off and take a shower because I still fucking smell like that store. (laughs) And it's what it was. It was like they must have had some kind of let's just hope it was precautionary, (laughs) but it was definitely sprayed over for bugs so much so that it was just permeating in the air and I couldn't breathe in there and I had to fucking go. And I was like, I'm never going here again. (laughs) Wow. Uh, so I'm like, and God forbid I had found something and bought something and, like, been congested that day. Yeah. Got oh, it my home. God. But like I said, that they, they were super nice. But, like, it was just, oh, uh, I, yeah, I cannot recommend poorly enough.
0: Well, again, listen, these people need to start stepping up their toy game if they know, as you mentioned, an influencer like yourself <laughs> Is going to be coming to town to inspect their uh, wares, you know.
1: Yeah, it's like when a food critic comes in, and you don't know. You got to you got to always be on your game, you know. Where's the Zagat rating for toy stores? Ooh, I should start one of those, and then I could just like travel the wor- the country for toy stores and do up reviews. Yeah, that definitely. could be my new job. Ooh, Joe, we gotta we gotta figure out a way to monetize this. Well, I never have for- to go back to real work again.
0: That's for you to do.
1: All right. Anybody out there that knows how to make money doing things that isn't real work and can help me out with this, let me know. But that's all I got, Joe. I just wanted to vent about those toy stores.
0: Man, that stinks. But you know what? I'm glad you get to be literally (laughs) uh, I'm glad you get to be the canary in the coal mine with those sort of things,
1: you know? Yeah, Yeah, somebody's got to do it. Somebody that's expendable like me.
2: Right.
0: All right, well, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, whether this is your 202nd episode, fudging the numbers a little bit, or you uh, heard and saw us at the uh, Great Lakes Geek Fest and you wanted a part of this, uh, we welcome you aboard. Uh, hopefully things weren't too inside baseball or confusing for you. But, uh, again, for Adam, oh, you know what? Oh, shit, we're closing out the show and I didn't really do a good push of this. We'd mentioned it through like the course of the show. Um, what are we, about four weeks away from the, three weeks away from the, uh, LV8C show at the Steel
1: Stacks? Oh, shit, yeah, that's, uh, the 27th of August.
0: Yeah, yeah, so three weeks away, uh, this Saturday. Um, I feel comfortable enough saying it this late in the show that it will be streaming on IWTV. I should hope so. Um, you know, they're gonna do the John Thorne method where they're gonna announce officially the day of because they want you to buy the tickets, and I don't blame you. You definitely should buy the tickets. Um, Information about the Eddie Kingston autograph, meet and greet, whatever, is hopefully going to be coming out sooner than later. Um, It should be out by now, but baby steps. People Mm. might be on hiking vacations and stuff. So, uh, (laughs) Lots of talent has been announced so far. No matches have been announced so far, but if you've been to an LVAC show uh you kind of know what you're gonna get it's gonna be a lot of fun a lot of mixed up stuff and uh yeah i'm excited i'm excited for the lvac show um you know aiw is fun but lvac is my uh you know that's my home promotion these days
1: yeah i on the other hand can be bought by by whoever's available so right uh,
0: PayPal ed three (laughs) hundred dollars and then adam will tell you any secret you want
1: yeah, no, I was just saying I can become an AIW guy as opposed to an LVAC guy. Hey,
0: you already are an AIW guy. This is like your fourth show in like less than a year, right?
1: Uh something like that, yeah. yeah. Alright, that's it.
0: Alright, that is it. Uh, again for Adam, this is Joe saying thanks for listening. Be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling.